walk around and disregard it. Should you walk around, show you what heart is. Standing strong and proud of me, and I can't. Let's get started. It's the hardest. Walk around and disregard it. Should you walk around, show you what heart is. Standing strong and proud of me, and I can't. Let's get started. Yeah, get your boots ready. We're about to go on a trip where we wrestle nobody, settling or calling it quits. You're here for the grit, betcha this stuff is amazing. You're stumbling, welcome to the bump in the apron. Step into it, the hardest part of the ring. Here to bring fun, yeah, and this art is king. It's the best thing, making sure you don't tap out. Don't go soft with the hardest part cast out. And it's not just another one, it's clear. Off the rest, in this content, none can test. Take the nonsense off the steps. You know it's nothing but Pure gems when it's coming off the chest. Get it? Now it's time to sit and relax. Get your mind blown away. Ain't no skipping this track. Have you paid more attention? No listening gap. Get everything I ever wanted. No giving it back. Yeah. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Apron Bump. I'm your host, the hardest part of the ring. Lesser known as Kyle and... Woo Doggy have officially covered a year's worth of tits and ass, total nonstop wrestling. We are here at Bound for Glory 2005. That's right. The uh, the Super Bowl for TNA, the uh, the the World Series, the 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 Ultima Lucha of TNA. Bound for Glory 2005, the first ever Bound for Glory. Fun fact for you folks. And uh, they are already establishing it as uh, their WrestleMania of sorts. But we will talk a lot about that in the episode. And uh, man, this is a fun one. And I brought it up earlier about how I've uh, covered a year's worth of TNA up to this point. Um, If you're into that, if you like TNA reviews, especially uh, early days, Total nonstop action. You can go to apronbump.com. Uh, link in the description for all that stuff. But you can go to apronbump.com. You can click the episodes tab at the top. And you can select TNA. And that'll bring you to all of my TNA episodes that I've covered thus far. Starting from the very beginning with their first three-hour pay-per-view. Victory Road 2004. All the way every month up until now. And um, we talk a lot about not only this show, but this era of TNA in the episode. But I think this show here is pretty much where TNA starts. And I've probably said that before because every once in a while I'll see a thing. It's like, oh, now now we're now we're cooking. But really, it's the Spike TV deal that I think really kicks things off, because if you're a frequent listener, you know that I uh, I watch all the impacts leading up to the shows to kind of get context to the build and what's going on. And uh, once they debuted on Spike, which was only about four weeks before this show, it was virtually a complete reset. I mean, it was, and with good reason, right? Because you want to put forth your, your best stuff because now they're on a national platform. You got lots of people watching. So they're putting forth the best of the X Division Uh, The world title scene has the big names in it. And then you got debuts of people like Gail Kim and Team 3D. So Team 3D, a.k.a. the Dudley Boys, are here in TNA now. And Lord knows the run they would have there. 
little aces and eights action. <laughs> but we're a long way from that. The Dudley boys came in red hot and uh, they get a little bit involved in this show as well. But we also have in regards to uh, TNA coming to Spike. Another thing they did was get that NWA title off of that goddamn Raven and putting it back where it belongs <laughs> on old Double J Jeff Jarrett. And uh, again, we talk about this in the episode, so um, won't be too duplicative here. But there's a lot of uh, turmoil and churn in the world title scene. I'll just put it that way. Um, AMW is now heel. There's a new factions being created. There's a lot happening, which is why I say is kind of where TNA starts, because a lot of things change. With the Spike deal, you can clearly see who they're going with, and you can clearly see who they are not going with. So it's almost like the past year doesn't really matter in a sense. But uh, we're here now at Bound for Glory. So much going on. Like I said, the world title picture is in shambles. There was a scheduled match that did not happen, and they had to have a little impromptu, let's just say, uh, path to the title match and an impromptu world title match itself. We have a crazy, crazy, insane monsters ball match, which might be my match of the night. That was just all sorts of fun. Um, we have AJ Styles versus Christopher Daniels in a 30 minute Iron Man match for the X division title. That's just come on fresh off the unbreakable three way. Now we got this. The X division is hitting on uh well <laughs> i was about to say hitting on hitting on all cylinders but uh the ultimate x match might uh say otherwise with uh how uh, <laughs> how it ended i won't spoil it here but let's just say it's very tna this match it is it is tna as tna gets the ultimate x match with how uh Hell, some things just don't go as you planned, but it's okay. They made it work. Or did they? But lots of lots going on in the show and could not have had better guests to uh, get in the old time machine and head back to the beginning of the Spike TNA days. Brought on the Young Kings of Wrestling to help recap the show. Young Kings Wrestling Podcast. You can check out their podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. And you can also check them out on YouTube as well. Uh, TC and Reek, the co-hosts of that podcast. Really cool dudes. Had a lot of fun with them on this episode. Uh, check out their website, ykwrestling.com. It'll bring you to all the places you can consume their podcasts. You can also check out whatamaneuver.com for their merch. Follow them on Twitter and Instagram. YK Wrestling on Twitter. YK Wrestling underscore on Instagram because they're naughty boys and got uh, banned from Instagram. So they had to change their, <laughs> but I think we, I can't remember if that was while we were recording or not, but we talk about that. Um, but yeah, ykwrestling.com to bring you to all of those things. And I will put all of that stuff in the description below. Go check them out. Really cool dudes, really great podcasts uh, covering wrestling, all sorts of wrestling on there. So check that out. And, uh, Oh, and also, by the way, because some of you might not even know this, but I have a YouTube as well. Video versions of all of my episodes are on there. Uh, Apron Bump on YouTube. The link's in the, in the description as well for that. And I'm starting to put out some YouTube exclusive content up there. 
Um, I've been forgetting to fucking plug this for the past few episodes, but I recently did a video called 100 Ways to Instantly Improve the WWE. So I basically, it was a rapid fire episode where I had 100 things, literally 100 things to that WWE could do tomorrow to improve itself. And I, I was really happy with how it came out. So go check that video out as well. I believe if you go to my YouTube, it's like on the homepage. So I had a lot of fun doing that. So go check that out as well, as well as the video version of this episode and all my episodes. And uh, yeah, I'm rambling. Let's get to it. TNA, Bound for Glory, 2005, with myself and TC Enrique from the Young Kings Wrestling Podcast. <laughs> Sound good. Yeah. Um, hey, TC, quick question. Do you wash your legs? Yeah, I'm black. <laughs> <laughs> Me and Rick were just talking about that. We couldn't remember where exactly who said that first. It was someone in the wrestling podcast yeah. space. I remember that conversation. I just don't remember which show it was on. But um, talking a little TNA today, huh? Two thousand five. Oh, yeah, yeah, man. Did you guys uh, get a chance to watch the show? I uh, yeah. I fell asleep like around Monster Ball. <laughs> oh, that was probably the best match too, man. I know. That and Ultimate X. Ultimate X was fire, though. I was about to say, like, the Ultimate X was the one that got me. Like, I, I liked the match at the end, but damn. I feel like, looking back on it, I feel like that ending might have been botched. Do you? <laughs> I'm like, pretty sure. I feel sh- like it was planned to, to fall in PD's hands, but, like, it should just fail, and they had to restart it. So, yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll talk to that later in the show, but I, I think it was definitely a botch, and it was a hilarious... I, I, I'm surprised I've never heard of that, like... It's like such a crazy thing to happen. It's like it's a thing that I always real, think is gonna happen in like a ladder TNA, match. So. Yeah. <laughs> it's good classic TNA for sure. I don't know why they don't do that everywhere. You know when they have moments like that. Stuff Isn't that what happened the with the uh, the first women's Money in the Bank? Yeah. Oh shit. Well, yeah, uh, Ellsworth. Right. Like, that was, was planned. Wasn't though. that an accident too? And then they that's what they did the whole match over. Nah, there, nah, nah. Ellsworth showed up and just dropped it off the thing. Well, that was some stupid shit where they had the rematch and they had like the same finish like the next week. (laughs) So I was like, why even bother? Stupid. Um, There was that one. I think it was Money in the Bank where John Cena won and he was like grabbing the uh, the thing that holds the belt. It just ripped off. Broke the thing (laughs) off of Big Show's head. Yeah. (laughs) He had that meme where he's just holding it like I'm like like, fully convinced that was a botch. That that don't count because you just use it like a weapon. Like, nah, bro. I guess anything goes, man. Um, (laughs) but uh yeah tna so i guess the first question are you guys familiar with this era of tna or tna in general yeah yeah i stopped watching in like 2010 so everything before that i'm familiar with might have forgot some stuff but i'm familiar with it yeah oh did you watch like from the beginning um no i started watching in like 03 so like i maybe missed that first year well, I didn't even oh, okay. start watching it 03 because they still had the pay-per-views. And like, yeah, we, yeah, black people, like, we, we only pay the past due balance. So like, <laughs> when you're not caught up on the bill, your cable company not going to let you buy a pay-per-view. So like, yeah, but I, I kind of kept up with it on the internet here and there. And then like when they got the TV show on Fox Sports, that's when I started watching for real, for real. Yeah. That that's like when I feel like it starts. Honestly, like I think yeah, everything before is kind of like practice. Terrible. Like if you go look at yeah. some of the results, it's bad. 
Yeah. No, seriously. That's true. Like, when, when, when Spike really jumped off and they, they put TNA on Spike, then it was like, okay, I, oh, I would man. flip through that. Because it was like, when, when, when there were days he didn't have wrestling, it was like, okay, what do you watch? And then it's like, you see this, and it's like, oh, they got a six-sided ring and all mm-hmm. these, these guys in the X Division and stuff. I'm like, okay, this is cool. And they had names, too. Big names, oh, yeah. yeah. Especially if you're, like, following Ring of Honor at the time. It's kind of, like, one of the same yeah. at some points. Yeah. Definitely. Um, but I'm glad you brought up Spike because uh, I don't know if you guys caught this. You know, I'm assuming you guys just came into this pay-per-view cold. But um, Bound for Glory 2005 is, like, four weeks after their de- debut on Spike. So Yeah, because uh, Raw just left Spike. Yeah. Like, yeah. Right before that. Yeah, I remember right. that. Yeah, and... So I've, because I've been covering TNA on my podcast since uh, their first pay-per-view in 04, or like three-hour pay-per-view, and I've been watching all the impacts too. Victory Road 04, it was, uh, that was something. A little Jimmy Snuka, Roddy Piper. Jesus Christ. (laughs) They've come a long way. They've come a long way. (laughs) Was it Dusty Rhodes involved with that too? Oh, he was the director of authority. No, no. It's a whole thing. He was the director of authority. First of all, he won an election. It was him and Vince Russo. Uh, yes. the fans. Yeah, they were feeding. Right? I remember that. Yes. This sounds like I'm just making oh, this shit God. up out of thin air, but that's that's a thing that happened. No, this is this is like it's like this is just the, all the sad thing back is you can't me, make that up. No, you, can't. <laughs> you really can't. You cannot. And to add another layer onto that, so they had you know the two women on their roster at the time. You had Tracy Brooks and uh, Trinity. Trinity. They had a whole feud yeah. based on uh, who wants to be the assistant to dusty yes. roads yep. so oh, both because they could the women couldn't have a match against each other because they're women right it's 2005 right. they don't do that yeah. it's illogical. and um, yeah <laughs> so what do they do they bring in these two tag teams to like fight for them and uh the winner of those teams uh one of which was a uh, doa uh, if you remember that from like attitude era wwf mm, they had a different name but they were the same same shit um so one of them, well, I don't even remember who won, but like right after that, Dusty Rhodes left. So it's like it didn't even matter. Um, but yeah, 2004 TNA was a, was a weird one. It was a weird one, early 2005. Yeah, Zabisco in this show with this Guy Fieri button up. Ooh. Oh my god, <laughs> that was, that was like he had one for every week though. It was cool, right? Different colors, basically. Come on. Like he- we all we all go through flaming button up phases, right? Yeah, I did. Uh, like, I was like, yeah, 13, at some point 14. in time. Yeah, as long as middle school. Yeah, middle oh, school okay. For sure. yeah. yeah, yeah. As long as you don't have me here, decals on your car or anything, we're good. Oh, nah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, hell no. I'm good. I don't know how to get them to stick. They always fall off. That's the only reason. That's why you don't have flames on your car. <laughs> I'm, 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 not, I'm judging you silently over here. I'm judging you silently. Need for speed underground. <laughs> So but, 2003, uh, man. Yeah. <laughs> right. Fats. Flames. That was the only time. That's the only time you get away with doing that shit. Thanks. Yeah, we're, we're, we're well past that. <laughs> uh, kids bringing it back, though. Yeah? Kids bringing back that early 2000s fashion. I see it all the time. The uh, Are they bringing back the pants that zip into shorts? I saw somebody wearing oh, it recently. Man. Like it was like oh, are you serious? Not in real life. It was on Twitter, so like, might have just been a joke. Hopefully. No Hopefully lie, I had a pair of those. 
Oh, I did I too. I don't what year in high school, but one. I definitely had a pair. Because it was I, like, I, I like the third if, you, if you like came out of gym class or something, those shits were so convenient. Like, just <laughs> drop good. Oh, you know, I'm from the Midwest, right. so like, Zip. you know, it's year-round clothes right there. It's perfect. Right. Yeah. So when you, you lose, the, the, lose the bottom part of the legs and you need them, that's when it's all bad. But mm-hmm. other than that... <laughs> Right, yeah, those days in the fall when it starts out cold and then it gets hot. Everybody's laughing mm-hmm. at you, but no one's laughing when you get to change clothes on the fly. So well, I'm comfortable I'm right now that it's 2 o'clock. Yeah. So. yeah, yeah, exactly. So joke's on them. Y'all know about that high fashion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Speaking of high fashion, TNA was in fashion in 2005 when uh, it went to Spike. <laughs> and uh, But yeah, so like I said, it was fresh off of that. And uh, as somebody who's been watching all the impacts and stuff, you can tell it's like a it's like a like a clear cut, like tone shift from like when they were on. Because before Spike, they were like doing their impacts on their website for a few months because they had lost the deal with Fox Sports or whatever. Uh And there was like a little transition period between that and Spike. And like before Spike, impacts were very much like uh, like mid 90s wrestling. Like it'd be a lot of squash matches and not a lot of like storyline implications on the TV show. So it was like, you can pretty much skip it if you wanted to and just catch the pay-per-views. But once Spike came around and, and watching these impacts, the first impacts on Spike were amazing because they're like putting forth like their best stuff, the X division, like AJ and Alex Shelley, Chris Saban, PD, like all those guys. And um, it's a really good, a late 2005 TNA is a real fun watch as I'm sure. Um, Hopefully, maybe you guys thought. I don't know. I guess what I guess with that. What are your guys' general thoughts on uh, this Bound for Glory show that you guys watched? No, it's a damn good show. Like I, I, I know their whole thing was that this was supposed to be their WrestleMania. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't, I don't disagree with the concept. It just you know you don't, you don't do this show like within a month of WrestleMania twenty one, which had a really damn good card. You know, mm-hmm. that's that that's where you kind of messed up with it. But you know, anywhere else on the, the calendar, this is this is a hit. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, we talked about you know, the other X Division, the Ultimate X match. That match was crazy. But um, AJ in, in 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 that match too. Well, that they tore the house down. I mean, mm-hmm. the last match on the car. I mean, like they 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 really knocked it out with this. So I mean, it's 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 you're not gonna find a lot of misses with this one. They they really delivered for sure. Yeah, this was a. Uh, I mean, I've always disagreed with Bound for Glory being their WrestleMania because I just have a, a really soft spot in my heart for Slammiversary. Um, used yeah. to love watching like the King of the Mountain matches, like even though those are just, I still to this day I do not understand how that match works, but I just <laughs> I remember enjoyed like I used to always like watching them. So, but uh, this was they really like put their all into this to make it you know the best show they could and aside mm-hmm. from like Tito Ortiz being on the card uh it was pretty solid <laughs> you didn't like Tito nah it, it never hit with me back then like I, I, I understood nope. what they were going for like they're going for the I mean like MMA UFC was kind of on the rise back then it wasn't like you know I don't think it hit its peak for another five years maybe but it was yeah, yeah it was like it was about on the to way take off. So yeah, yeah it, he was yeah. he was a big name in that circle. I think if if it was like UFC 2012 
and they brought in a guy of Tito Ortiz's caliber back then, it might have been different. It might have actually made a difference then, but it was all right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I don't really remember where we are in the timeline of UFC, but I, this is the point where it's like Tito and Chuck have their rivalry. I don't know how many or if they've had any fights at this point in late 05 or if they're like in between. Um, but they're definitely it's like it's still more underground kind of UFC. So but he's a fairly big name in comparison to relative to TNA because he's a big name for I'm sure there's a lot of crossover between TNA fans and UFC fans. So, oh, yeah. Didn't hate it that much, um, but it's it's not as bad as when he made an appearance. Uh, fuck, what year is it? Like 2012 or something? Yeah, that was much oh, worse. Yeah, yeah. We it was trying uh, to forget about that. They even made a big deal about him coming back to TNA. It was like, we kind of don't oh. care about Tito Ortiz at this point. Man, yeah. they will. This isn't Tito Ortiz's first appearance, by the way. I don't know if you guys are aware, but he... Uh, he refed, and they kind of alluded to this in video packages, but he refed a, uh, another world title match at Hard Justice, and that was the one where AJ beat Jeff Jarrett. And like it was a whole thing where Tito knocked Jarrett out, and that's basically what gave AJ the win. So they, uh, he's, he's their uh, pull for emergency, I guess, Tito Ortiz. Just slap that bad boy on there, and you got a good pay-per-view, right? I mean, the ends, I guess, justify the means because, you know, AJ wins the title and Jeff Jarrett don't have to have it no more. Mm-hmm. So I can't argue with Until the Until he gets it back. Like, oh, he, <laughs> he would never. He, I, th- I think he's going to take a break from the world title. He'll probably let the guy hold it for a while, right? No? Okay. I, I, I have, <laughs> I have some words about a very certain individual on this roster who never won the NWA championship when he yeah. should have. I, I know several times. I know exactly who you're talking about and where we're going to get to that. Don't you worry. I'm, I'm totally I'll with wait. you, by the way. Shark Boy, right? Yes. Should have should have always. <laughs> always. Yo, I, not, not going to lie to you. Before we looked at this, I forgot that was even a thing. I really did. I did too. I remember hating Shark him. Boy. Like, shark Boy. He's I a shark. Like, I did. He's from I didn't like ten him leagues started, under the sea. Till he started coming out like I, Stone I Cold. That's that when cool. I really kind of started to like it, but I didn't care for it. <laughs> oh shell, yeah, right. Yo, that's I good so stuff. Forgot about that. That's that's good. We all we all try. We all try. That's the most indie rific gimmick that I've probably <laughs> ever seen on television. What's a stone be. cold shark? You're saying that that's oh, yeah. not a good gimmick? Yeah, it's a shark. Isn't that the same he's a year? shark that acts like Stone Cold Steve Austin. Wasn't this the same year that that movie came out too? Shark Boy and Lava Girl or whatever? Yeah, so I that, thought that, that was came out in 05. That was, that was this year, actually. It was earlier in 2005. And I only know this because they uh, referenced it on one of their pay per views. I forget which one. But yeah, there was like a whole lawsuit between the two. It was the whole thing. Ah, exactly. Yep. Yep. Shark Boy versus oh, Lava Girl. That was a tough uh, That was a good movie. <laughs> was it? It was. I don't think for, I recall. For it. me, I was like 12 when it came out, so I loved it. Wasn't uh what's his face? Taylor Lautner. Taylor Lautner was Shark Boy. Yeah. yeah. That's when they discovered him. Yeah. I don't know how we transitioned from Taylor Lautner to Samoa Joe, but we're gonna do it here. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, yeah, Bound for Glory, like you guys said, is uh, designed to be their WrestleMania. And this is the first ever Bound for Glory as well. So, But they're already kind of establishing it. 
especially off the heels of their spike deal. It's the perfect time to kind of establish a show to be like your, your Super Bowl S kind of deal. Um, and they uh, definitely pulled out all the stops, including this opening match. So we got Samoa Joe versus Jushin Thunder Liger. Man, oh man. So obviously, I mean, Jushin Liger, even at this point, is a legend mm-hmm. in wrestling, obviously. And then you got Samoa Joe, who's fairly new in TNA. I guess he's been there for a few months at this point. But um, let me get you guys' thoughts on uh, his uh, the Polynesian dancers that he came out to. <laughs> you, know, you know, it's crazy. Like, I definitely saw Samoa Joe well after this for the first time. Mm-hmm. But I had never seen that entrance from him before. And it was like he's doing a, a combination of that Samoan war dance and like a little bit of an Irish jig in there. I'm like, <laughs> what in the hell are you doing right now, bro? Like, that's that's not my Samoa Joe, but, Mm-mm. you know, I, I'm just going to bypass that because the match was damn good. You know what I'm saying? So I'm. No, we're not bypassing. We're going to talk about his dance for at least 10 minutes. <laughs> Do you see? <laughs> no, I, I very like vaguely remember the dancing. Like this is this is all stuff I have not watched any of this stuff since around the time it, it happened. So a lot of this was like, oh, I remember him, I remember that, and I I kind of remember the dancing a little bit, and I I remember having the same thought like back then. I was like, why is he doing it? He's too big. He's too big to be doing it. <laughs> I yeah, no, that's it's this is Joey Samoe doing the dance, not Samoa Joe. It's um, yeah. like you said, yeah, it is. it's like the island dance, but the Irish, it's like he loses control of his legs at some point. Um, that is what it is, man. It's OK when the Usos do like the way the Usos do it. It comes off as badass. But the Usos are fit. Yeah. They, they, you know, in the words of Scott Steiner, he's fat. He can't be doing <laughs> it. <laughs> you don't like him bouncing up and down, uh, you know, no. shuffling his legs with uh, drums next to him. OK, yeah, teach their own no, to each no, their own. No. But you know, you know what they need to bring back. They need to bring back that they did in this match, and I appreciate it. Yeah, they need to stop. You know, doing that one time you raise the arm and it drops, and that's the end of the match. Man. Do that three count yeah. like you used to back in the day, because that 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 gives you a good level of suspense for the match that is just not there anymore. Like even when they they go at two and they they just raise it one good time, it's like they don't do that no more. That was, this would be my favorite trope. Yeah, yeah. No, it's. Cause, uh, so yeah, the match, I mean, it's, it's an opening match. It's not like super long or anything, but it's a really fun opener with two of le- the legit best of all time. Uh, Liger gets all his greatest hits in. he gets like a power bomb out of the corner onto Joe mm-hmm. frog splash, jumping all over the place, dives to the outside. Uh, but ultimately at this point, Samoa Joe, you're not fucking with Samoa Joe at this point. Nobody's beating them. And, uh, muscle buster, coquina clutch. And uh, like you said, they do the whole deal where he like raises his hand. And whenever I see that, because I'm like ingrained in my mind, like whenever they do that, the guy's going to pop up at two and they're going to keep going. So I'm like, oh, is Liger not passing out right now? But then he just drops for the third time and it's over. So uh, Liger passes out. Joe wins and uh, really fun match. Do you guys have any other thoughts on it? Yeah, this is this is a note uh, that I don't know if anybody either cared about because it's TNA or considered, but uh, Juice and Thunder Liger kicked off the very first Bound for Glory, and he kicked off the very first Road Takeover in NXT. Oh, wow, yeah. 
Oh, uh, that yeah. is that's a fun that is fact. A, a fun fact trivia <laughs> note. Reek, you should you know put that in your Rolodex for the future. That way you might win some <laughs> rounds. Uh, we're playing trivia again. We don't talk oh, about that. Man. No, that, we that's don't. in the past. <laughs> exactly. He knows what's up. <laughs> but yeah, really good match here. Um, and then uh, the, after the match, they cut to uh, a recap of TNA Fan Fest. Which I guess is similar to the uh, what do they what do they call it in WWE back Access. in the day? There it is, there it is. I knew you guys would be there for me. Um, so it's kind of like Access, a TNA version of it. And uh, it's my my favorite part of this is uh, their interviews with the fans who are just throwing all kinds of shade at WWE. They're like, uh, <laughs> the wrestlers actually seem like they want to be here. And uh, like, yeah, I'm here to see wrestling, not just a bunch of soap opera stuff. And then, no, well, uh, jokes on soap you. Soap opera stuff. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Okay. oh, if they can only see into the future. If they can only see oh, into the future. Oh, oh. the immortals. Um, yeah, what was it? Not Katie Vick. <laughs> uh, the other Claire. The, the one Claire something. Claire Lynch. Yeah. Claire Lynch. Oh. <laughs> that uh, what AJ knocked up or something, right? Yeah, All time bad segment. I, I, <laughs> I, I have had I have had a uh, I've had a segment on our show tabled for like a year about like the worst segments. And Claire Lynch has been on that list the entire oh. time. One day we'll get to it because they yeah, like Ooh. you guys. I've been in and out of TNA over the years. And that was definitely one of those times where I was like, you know what? I'm going to tap out for a year or two. Yep. Oh, yeah. that, that was that was one of the times where I would like check in to see what TNA is up to, and I'd be like, "God damn, I'm glad I don't watch this shit anymore." Yeah, yeah. peek in, peek out. Yeah, like, when I seen like Bubba Ray Dudley was world champion, I was like, "Yeah, nah, fam." <laughs> He's Bully Ray. It's cool. Bubba I, Ray Dudley. I was so confused when I, I saw that. I, I didn't, I didn't know what else to say. Like, it, it was, it was one of those things that just like. You know, all right, y'all, y'all did something different, but uh, I'm gonna go now. It was nice <laughs> to see y'all. You guys enjoy. I'm ahead. <laughs> I, I don't know what's confusing about Bubba Ray Dudley being a world champion and fucking Hulk Hogan's daughter. That, that part like I was laughing at. Right? <laughs> I'm like, yo, yeah, I don't know how y'all got him to sign off on this in, in public, but. Good on you. Good on I, you. I appreciate. I could see. I could see him signing off on it. I don't know about Brooke Hogan, but that's a that's a story for another day. But um, we go from TNA's version of Access to TNA's version of Tough Enough. So they uh, quickly show the winners of Gut Check, which I didn't know they were doing at this point. I thought that was a later thing. Yeah, I thought it was a couple years after that. But um, I like looked up these people because I wasn't aware of either of them. Uh, so there was a female winner and a male winner, just like tough enough. Uh, the female, her wrestling name was Serelda, and I think she's popped around the indies a little bit. Uh, she was a part of TNA, like one storyline where it was when AJ and Daniels were teaming up and they were competing. They were like going with against like Jared and AMW and Gail Kim. So Serelda was like kind of like the the neutralizer of Gail Kim in that scenario. Um, then the other guy, John Bolin. I don't know. What are you guys' favorite John Bolin match? The one he had at, uh, I want to say it was Turning Point in like 06. 
uh, it never aired to the audience. Nobody in the Impact Zone saw it either because it was just like a scrimmage or something, apparently. Evidently. So, I, I don't know. But, yeah. I can't tell if you're fucking with me or not. Is that a real thing that happened? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> <laughs> that was, that was say, I'm like, my, my girlfriend lives in Canada. You've never met her. <laughs> yeah, she goes to a different oh, school. Man. You wouldn't, yeah, exactly. <laughs> man, well, oh, man. we're finally bad. at uh, we're finally at Shark Boy, gents. Don't you worry. So we got a <laughs> six man tag match up next. We got Shark Boy, Apollo, and Sunny Siaki versus the Diamonds in the Rough. The team of Simon Diamond, David Young, Elix and Elix Skipper. Skipper. What do you guys think of Elix Skipper? I thought that's, that's another guy that Greatest could have amounted to so much more. In Impact Wrestling history, nobody has topped it in, in 20 years. Uh, that is a factual statement. I used to like this stable back then. Uh, I mm-hmm. kind of forgot about him because like, I think we all remember like primetime more than Diamond in the Rough. But uh, yeah. anybody else always think Sonny Siaki was related to The Rock at this time? Or is it just uh, me? I mean, I could see it, but I, I didn't really, yeah. uh, I didn't really I was, guess I that. I was young and dumb, and I just assumed anybody that was Samoan was related to The Rock, which is kind of reality. It's kind of true. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, I, in a way, I mean, I'm sure if you go back far enough, there's probably a relation there. Somehow. But I think... God, I can't remember if this is something that actually happened or if it was like a rumor that he he had a gimmick where he was like the rock. Like literally he was doing the rock thing. It was like kind of like a parody oh, of it. I, mean, I don't know if it actually happened or if that was like an idea he was pitched that he didn't want to do. Because Sonny Siak, I don't know how long he lasts, but I mean, he's not long for this long for this ride. No, but. I swear he retired like 07, 08. Yeah. And that's him. Yeah, that could be. And that's that's the crazy thing, because I was talking earlier about how like TNA was so different pre Spike and like pre Spike, Apollo, Sonny Siaki, even like Diamonds in the Rough. Those guys, they were like really prominent figures on TNA. They were like build, built, built pretty strong at certain points. Um, But at some point, I guess is when Spike happened, there was like they were very clear of who they're going with and who they're not going with. And like. Unfortunately, pretty much everybody in this match, they didn't go other than Shark Boy, weirdly enough. Um, <laughs> I guess he's he's the one that sticks out, I guess. I almost said Diamond in the Rough, but he's not. He's actually against them. Um, but yeah, this match yeah. here, it's kind of just a throwaway, honestly. But um, I guess what were you guys' thoughts on it? It was some cool spots. Like, like mm-hmm. that little yeah. dive Apollo did over everybody. That was cool. It was some fun yeah. stuff, a little fun little sprint. That's all that's all I was gonna say. Yeah, it was a it was a it was a sprint, but it was fun. Like it was it's one that you can look, you know, you're not gonna you're not gonna hurt nothing if you miss, but it's like, you know, they make it, it worth the job. time. Like one of those matches early on in the card, it just say like, you keep the crowd engaged and you use it to build up to the good shit they re- you know, they really want to see. It did its mm-hmm. job. Yeah. The crowd was hot too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they were into it. And there were, like you guys said, some cool spots in this. There was one where it was like kind of convoluted, but David Young was on his knees and Apollo was like about to give him a power bomb. Then Elix Skipper runs up from behind David Young. He like does like a he walks up his back and then walks off Apollo's shoulders and then gives like a I don't know if he was going for a shining wizard or if he just botched her and Karana, but it looked brutal, I guess. Yeah. Um, in certain ways. 
But uh, yeah, ultimately, and the match breaks down towards the end. Like you said, Apollo does a tope over the top rope, that big bastard. Um, David Young does like the most chaotic Asai moonsault you ever see. Kind of just throws his body at everybody on the outside. Um, But uh, at the end, so Elix Skipper, he tosses Sonny Siaki like over his shoulders. And then David Young catches him with a spine buster for the win, which I thought was a pretty cool finish. Honestly, I didn't really expect diamonds in the rough to win this one either. So um, I didn't see it coming, but I enjoyed the finish for what it was. Yeah. Yeah, no, no doubt. But uh, after that, we cut to the commentators, Mike Tanay, Don West. By the way, one of the great pairs of all time. Top three. Easily. Top three. I remember, and I've talked about this before, but I remember Don West getting a lot of hate around this time. But I'm watching this stuff back, and I'm like, man, this guy is amazing. (laughs) Like, Like, his passion is next level. Compared to, you know, the commentary we get now, like, give me Don West. 100 days times 11 over like guys like Excalibur, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I like Pat McAfee. He's cool people, but. Yeah. No, but seriously. They had personality. Like people, people don't have respect for classics anymore, and it pisses me off. I, I really yeah. don't like it. These kids these days. Yeah. Don um, West commentary aged gracefully compared to like Jerry Lawler. Ooh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, man. You're right, though. Big, right bitch cringe fest big cringe fest uh watching back some old like jerry lawler commentary i'm just like wow he said every that. week every week it was something different and like anybody listening like if you haven't listened to jerry the king lawler commentate in the early 2000s it's it's worse than you remember like because i'm is. watching that stuff too and it's like jesus this guy is like relentless same shit different toilet yep that's what they say. Or or a different city. Yeah, it really that, is. That's all. That's really all it is. Right. Which is crazy because nowadays it's like JR is the one who's out of control. Oh. It's just on social media. <laughs> He's unhinged, JR. Like, at least he just keeps <laughs> it on social media and it's very light. Like it's it's just like it's it's really just horny old man tear. It's not like <laughs> horny old pervert tear. Like it's not there. Yeah. It's just like right below is it's kind of, you know, safe. You know, still keep an eye out on him. But <laughs> he's, he's, he needs to be on a certain list, but not the worst list. Yeah, he's, he's just the old guy, yeah, uh, yeah. you know, widowed. So, you know, he's just trying to, you know, get his rocks off. Yeah, I, it's, it's all right. Like, you know, it's like, you know, you, you gotta you gotta keep it going. You're not dead. So, you know. Right. It's all hopped up on Blue Chew. Like, what do you expect him to do? Right. He's human after all. Oh, he's free fool. Blue Chew, bro. You know, he's, bro, I got a JR story I want to tell real quick while we're here. Uh-oh. <laughs> uh oh. Starcast 2019 was out here in Las Vegas. I was like the, the weekend of the first double or nothing show. Um mm-hmm. JR and King, they had a panel at like nine in the morning. This man, Jim wow. Ross, walks on the stage, glass of whiskey in hand. Nine in the Ooh. morning. I know he had the the blue chew and all that back at the hotel. I know his mm-hmm. weekend was fun. <laughs> I mean, when in Rome, right? What else are you going to do? So it was StarCast? Las Vegas. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Everyone's, I mean, they just have Blue Chew laying in the bathrooms there, oh, I think. Oh, literally Take Blue Chew sponsored. <laughs> they sponsored StarCast. Like, so I know he got free Blue Chew. So everyone's just walking around bricked up at this wrestling convention? Nothing like, to do with it. It's wrestling fans. I knew they did nothing with it. <laughs> they don't know where it goes. <laughs> 
<laughs> Five star matches make me come. That's what they say. <laughs> Man, that is audio that I just have now. I can use that whenever I want it. <laughs> Oh, uh, I don't yeah. know if I can recover from that one. Um, I, don't, I don't know if I want to talk about the good matches at the end. I don't know what you'll do. You might have to hide your screen or mute your mic. Speaking hypothetically. Yeah. Well, we had an X Division match. <laughs> so um, the commentators who are not hopped up on Blue Chew because it's not invented at this point. Um, they're talking about the... Uh, I guess it wasn't a pre-show. It was more like it was. So the first 30 minutes of the show were free. Sunday night heat. Yeah, it sounds like a pre-show to me, but they were definitely like structuring it like it was. No, it's it's part of the pay-per-view, but it's just the free it's version. A, it's a kickoff. No, right. no. It's just it's the pay-per-view. You're just seeing a little bit of the pay-per-view. It's not a pre-show. These aren't the preliminary guys. They, they're, they're kicking they, off the show. It's like. Yeah, that sounds nice until you start playing the the show intro and all that other shit right. to let you know, hey, the show's really <laughs> starting. Ah, they don't the technical difficulties. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, so yeah, the, the commentator was kind of going over what happened during that first thirty minutes. So there was like a four way scramble match with the X Division. Uh, Sanjay Dutt won a match against Austin Aries, Alex Shelley, and Roderick Strong, which I was like, God damn, I wish that I wish that was part of the pay-per-view. Um yeah. that's we're at like peak ring of honor too. And those a lot of those Take guys Austin are Austin like, Aries out that match. It's a banger. <laughs> <laughs> Look, he's a good wrestler as long as he keeps his mouth shut, I think. Which is Correct. never so yeah, that's a good point. Um but then uh <laughs> so we're backstage now with Shane Douglas. The hits just keep on coming. And uh mm. he's back there. I forgot uh, Shane Douglas was an interviewer. He is I don't know what what about him drives me so crazy, but it, it just pisses me <laughs> off because he'll he'll they'll cut to him, right? And he always does this. Ho oh, ho! So I'm with like he does like a weird noise before he starts talking to people. It's like, what are you doing? Shane, um, we're live. Ho! Oh. Okay. It's <laughs> reactionary. Uh, yeah, I guess. But uh, he's there with Jeff Jarrett and Gail Kim. I did not know Gail Kim was there this early. So she she just yeah. debuted like two weeks before this. I think it was the first or second spike uh, impact. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's true. Okay. And it's crazy, like in hindsight, because she would go on obviously had all those matches with awesome Kong and be a legend in the knockouts division, but we're still a few years away from women's wrestling being taken seriously in TNA. And, uh, it's, it's bizarre to see her come in as like a valet, like a, like, like tits and ass, you know, TNA, but, um, that's pretty much what she was at this point. She was kind of, although she did get physically involved a few times actually in the show. So I guess she's kind of, in the middle there, a little gray area there, but, um, yeah. so, so she's a part of this faction. And it's just Jeff Jarrett, uh, AMW team Canada. We'll get a lot more into that later in the show, but Shane Douglas is interviewing Jeff Jarrett and Gail Kim because originally the main event was supposed to be Jeff Jarrett versus Kevin Nash, <sighs> which shame. We didn't get that right. 
Oh my god. Yeah, can I tell you how disappointed I am? Well, man, that would that would have tore the house down, man. If you have a hankering for it, they literally did that a few months before this. So I'll uh, I forget which pay per view it was, but I'll refer you to that if you if you want to catch that. Um, so but Nash apparently had some sort of medical emergency. Um, I think in real life, I think it was a real thing. I wonder what happened. But uh, tore one of his quads. Yeah, I don't know which one, but. Um, it was one after the other. Yeah, <laughs> it was a little bang. It, was a, it was a regular thing between those years. I think he did the same thing in WWE a couple years prior. He did, yeah, so. he did in like '03. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's a yearly thing. It's his annual quad tear. Yeah, but uh, so Jarrett needs a challenger now because that was going to be Nash. So it takes a little bit for them to kind of announce what's going to happen. But basically, Jarrett's here and he's like, "Ah, it don't matter." Throw, throw all the names in a hat. It don't matter. And then he lifts off a bunch of people and he says, screw you after all their names. And um, just just put a pin in this promo because something he does later in the show, like completely contradicts this. Because at this point, he's like, yeah, I don't care. If, throw anybody at me. Doesn't matter. I'll beat them all. And then um, mm-hmm. and then we get a little interge- interjection here from Monty Brown. So, like I said, Jarrett's he's he's listing off all these names, Jeff Jer- or Jeff Hardy, Rhino, Abyss, Sabu, and Monty Brown. He comes in, he's like, Say my name. Say it. Say it. <laughs> yeah. Says, Don't you didn't say my name. Say it to my face. Didn't want that smoke. He's 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 gonna catch him on the Serengeti. And uh <laughs> Monty Brown, he's Sick. he's gonna be on top of the food chain. I smell fear. Monty was not appreciated enough at all. Should have won the NWA championship at this event. If not yes. in King of the Mountain at Slammiversary. If not, I'm, I think I think he fought like Christian or something the next month or a couple months after this, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. And he, he had like a, a title shot and Christian won the title shot from him. And he never really got another chance after that. They ruined my guy. And I also... This is really just dawning on me, like watching that promo with him and Jared. Big E got a lot of his stuff from Monty Brown. Yeah. A lot of it. That's a good point. We don't talk about it. And he's that. good That's at true. it. The the yeah. voice, the the mannerisms, the just the charisma, all of that is Monty Brown. Mm-hmm. The style though, the wrestling style. Yeah. The energy. Because yeah. Big E and Monty Brown, they were both football players. Yep. Or, Monty, or Big E was a football player, right? And they didn't, yeah. they weren't like classically trained. Former New England Patriot Monty Brown. Of course, of course. Didn't he win a Super Bowl? No, nah, he played in the Super Bowl with the Bills. And they uh, famously lost four Super Bowls in a row. Mm. <laughs> well, it wasn't Monty Brown's fault, damn it. No, it was the rest of the team. No, it was not. <laughs> it's an alpha male you're talking about. Dude, he's so every time I watch him, even his promos, like it's like, OK, he's an athlete. You expect him to be strong and athletic, but his promos are so good. Like they're so unique. Yes. 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 Like it was, was kind of like making fun of him a little bit because he's like sniffing Jared and like on the Serengeti. <laughs> but like it's his thing and it's working. You know, it fits. He commits to it, like you said. And um, football yeah, players yeah. have zero problems committing to a character. Like we just talked about Biggie. This guy mm-hmm. has been talking about bootios for the last eight years. Uh, 
We got uh, uh, The Rock, famously, commits to everything. Uh, mm-hmm. I know this is going to probably turn some noses up at my co-host, but Baron Corbin is even another guy. Play football and just commits to everything he does. Like, Monty Brown is another one. Like, uh, it's it's the team aspect of it. Like, you take a, a guy that played for a team, has no problem buying in to play for a team sport. I don't think those are the best guys to have as wrestlers. Cause they come in, they just adapt. They know they know the best way to adapt. Where you got a guy like, I think that's why they're really venturing. I'm I'm going off topic. I'm sorry. No, please let me, do. Let, me, please let, me, do. let me get this out the way. I think that's why they're going back to, uh, you know, recruiting college athletes and everything because like, they know how to yeah. buy into the team. You got these guys, you know, having to fend for themselves on the indies all those years. It, it's it's a mindset. It's hard to break. So. College mm-hmm. athletes, college football players, great commitment to the game. And you get guys like Monty Brown out of it, who should have been world champion in total nonstop action wrestling, should have done more than whatever the hell he did for three months in ECW, WWE. Just call me smooth. Yeah, what the it's hell? It's a theme song, at least. Yeah, see, it didn't in, fit, In spite though. of you bringing up Baron fit. Corbin, you brought it back to a point that I agree with, which is that college athletes are easier to conform to you know that style of athlete that they want to put on tv every week and i mean we talked about biggie we got to give corbin his props when we talk about this subject Uh, it's not even corbin it's 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 former arizona cardinal thomas pestock we talking about we got to give him did you know about him did you know about him before this before 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 wrestling yeah I didn't know about a lot of these athletes before then because they didn't really make it in the NFL. Well, so. case in point, Monty Brown played in the Super Bowl. I mean, Barry Corbin had a lot, a little, little bit more success than some people. Like Biggie never made it to the league. Roman Reigns didn't make it to the league. Roman Reigns in Madden though. Corbin's in Madden too, but he's on a roster. So I'm just saying, man. I'm, I'm, my like, uh, you guys need a moment. I mean, it seems like some hostility brewing. I don't want to. He knows how I feel yeah. about Barry Corbin. He does this shit on purpose. No, <laughs> like, I, I, I'm, being ser- I'm, I'm like seriously giving the guy playing the character his props, and you you can't see past the fact that you don't enjoy him on television. You letting it cloud the work that the actual person does. I, I will. I, I support you in that Baron Corbin. He will commit to what what he's given. He, he's a team player. Uh, that being said, Happy Corbin and Madcap Moss can eat my ass. So this next match, thank you. So we got. <laughs> He's no Monty Brown though. Let, let's 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 compromise. Say Monty Brown is better than Baron Corbin and most people. In all of reality, course. I can't agree with that. I you can. Let's move on. I'm just looking at the resumes and they don't compare. <laughs> I'll but tell you one person. On. I'll tell you one person who's better than Monty Brown. It's the ticked off Texan. The ticked off six nine Texan with <laughs> with the tramp stamp tattoo that he still has at the tender age of forty five in two thousand twenty one. Oh my god! <laughs> the fucking gods. Uh, Yo. Yeah, so Lance Hoyt here. I, oh. I tweet for everybody who used to watch Lance Archer back in TNA in his days, though, like. This guy's still yeah. going at it, putting on bangers. He's better than he is here, I would argue. Much better. Um, yeah. Much well, better than he was yeah. in ECW. Much better than 
whatever. Oh, I was a big Vance Archer guy. Vance Archer, he I was mad. I didn't care for him, man. Yeah, they didn't either. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> so Lance Hoyt, he he's this guy. He used he started off as this like a nameless bodyguard for Kit Cash. Yes. <laughs> and then like organically got over. I don't know if it was like ironically or whatever, but the, the impact zone, the impact zone, they got they, they liked Hoyt. It was Hoyt Amania. Hoyt Amania was running wild, chanting his name when he comes out. They loved him. I feel like they might have leaned into it a little too much. And I think that's why it never really materialized into anything. Um, I mean, he was as green as this wall behind him. During this yeah. time, <laughs> yeah, he, he's he was a, a beautiful ball of clay that had yet to be molded into something. I think, um, but Mon- Monty Brown and Lance Hoyt, I think they fall under the same category in, in that they were hot, but they were they started getting really hot when you had like Christian come in and Sting, the Dudley Boys. Kurt Angle, I think they just were a little too late and they got kind of superseded by guys coming from WWE, which you can probably there's probably a lot of parallels nowadays with AEW, but that's a whole other topic. Um, it's, it's just but I just don't see, you know, how people, you know, how somebody like gets, gets released from WWE and, and all the people on the internet are like, I can't believe they, they ruined or they didn't do anything with blah, blah, blah. That is a hundred percent how I feel about Monty Brown. Because it was right there. And you know what? Yeah. They almost did the same exact thing with Moose this year. It almost ruined his momentum the same exact way. Mm. Former New England Patriots. This is how they do to my Patriots out there in TNA. If you play for the Patriots and you go to TNA wrestling, they're going to stall you on your push as long as they want to. It's fact. But if you're on a different team, it's fine, right? If you're on the, the Jaguars, you're, you're probably fine. Oh, yeah. You, you got anything to do with the Jaguars, you get a lot of... A lot of a lot of stuff. Shout out to the Jaguars, man. They're absolutely awful. Awful franchise. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just, I just like how we see how terrible that franchise is ran, but the same people running this wrestling company, they think they're doing a fantastic job. Oh man. Case support. There you go. I can't argue with it there. Um so we got the alpha male versus the ticked off Texan, as he's calling himself now, which is fucking awful. It's the worst. Um terrible. But uh, he's uh, Samani so Brown and Lance Hoy. It's kind of a random match. Honestly, there wasn't a lot of build to it. Honestly, I don't know it's why this long. match happened, given, you know what? Now I'm thinking about it. It might make sense because in a later gauntlet match, it was full of people who had had matches during the night. So maybe these two didn't have matches. So I like, ah, put them in a match together. Um, that's the only reason I could think of this match happening. But um, other than they're just kind of two guys who are kind of getting momentum. And it's pretty much a uh, whoever wins this match is pretty much not it's not a number one contender match by any means but it has that kind of a uh effect on it but uh the match is what it is there's some pretty impressive spots in here so like like lance hoyt or armani brown he goes for the pounce but lance hoyt counters with a big boot and you didn't see a lot of people countering a pounce so that felt like a big deal um lance hoyt followed it up with a beautiful moonsault and did not land on his head this time um yeah that's yeah <laughs> then uh it's another point where Hoyt, he like he jumps off the second rope towards Monty, but Monty catches him. It's like the alpha bomb, which is like he has him in a fallaway slam position, tosses him up, 
into a pop-up and then hits a power bomb and hitting that on Lance Hoyt, who is a legit six, nine, like three, gotta be 300 pounds or close to it. Really impressive. But, uh, ultimately at the end, uh, Monty, he reverses an Irish whip and then hits the pounce period for the win. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, a fun hoss fight for what it was. Big meaty men. It is. <laughs> yeah. what you guys think about it? Now, I need somebody to bring that move back because it's just one of those that just feels as real as it looks. Because it's like you just coming mm-hmm. off the ropes and then just out of nowhere, that drive by, shoulder tackle like in football. Like, I need somebody to bring that shit back. I, really I think a few guys it. have done it. No one's really had it as a finisher, though. And I feel like it should bring be. Bring it back as a finisher. Yeah. But, like, what I really like about the pounce is that, like, the, the six sided ring, it was so much more space. Yeah. And it like you could come from a different angle and just hit it out of nowhere and it just yeah. looks so deadly. Like mm-hmm. Big E, like you got everything else from Monty Brown. He need to put that in as a signature or something. I agree. Didn't Mojo Raleigh use it for a bit? He did. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I I was gonna say I know somebody recently at least pulled it off. Yeah. But now nah, Big E can Big E can, you know, on occasion he can swap that for like the the through the rope spear because you know eventually yeah. he gonna yeah you can stop eventually doing that's it. gonna go wrong one of these days it looks cool but it, it's 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 risky as hell don't need to do it every match right especially you the champion now you should cut that out and, and save it for the yeah. big moments yeah for they sure need you you can't get hurt doing that match I mean doing that move excuse <laughs> me it's bound to happen one day yeah you saw yeah. it happened to Ibar a couple couple years ago so yeah yeah that's true yeah. Um, crazy. But uh, after that, we got another six man tag. So we got the three live crew, a team of BG James, Conan and Ron Killings versus Team Canada. The team of a one Bobby Roode and Eric Young. Yes. Bobby looking fresh out of high school. Man, <laughs> boy, he used to have some nice hair, man. Nice. Yeah, man. I don't know if nice is the way. It was a little ramen noodly. Uh, a little. Oh, yeah, <laughs> once, it, once, once, it, once it got a little longer, it was solid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get a little little weight to it because at this point it's a little 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 too close to Justin Timberlake. But yeah. don't Eric Young like he should have been in American Pie? Yes. What? Like legitimately, <laughs> Eric Young looked like he should have been or, in American w- Pie. One of, one of those teen movies from the late nineties. Like, yeah, with that blonde hair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he just had the look the 90s movie look 90s spoof it. movie but the faux hawk kind of deal yeah he was just asking for it he yeah. had the personality for it too like, real, yeah real sean william scott energy from <laughs> eric young back then that honestly eric young is probably my main takeaway from this match because i just love how he bumps for moves yeah i there's one point where he got an Alabama slam from Conan and he damn near bounced all the way out of the ring. <laughs> but like he didn't go completely out of the ring because, you know, what took him out of the ring was Conan taking his shoe off, throwing it at him and knocked him over the top rope. So it's a powerful shoe. Size 14, at least, I think. That's that, be. that's that uh, chocolate energy, man. Yeah. Bags. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want that. You don't want it. Oh, and uh, before the match, I say, as you say, Road Dog, a.k.a. BG James, he says uh, that the three live crew, 
Do you got a problem? You got a problem with BG James? No, no, because I, I know what you give that that promo. <laughs> I don't I don't know what you're laughing at. The three live crew, they're tighter than pantyhose is two sides too small. Pantyhose two sides. <laughs> is that a thing people say? Uh, I, I have never heard anyone in life say that before. So he so when no. I heard him say it, I'm like, huh? Yeah, you used to talk <laughs> like that? Yeah, you used to talk like that in 05? <laughs> That's tight though. Got his point across. Look, I mean, it is tight. <laughs> it, it paints a picture, if nothing else. He's, he's, damn sure it does. Cause... He's a wordsmith. <laughs> but uh, after after that happened, go uh, oh, the uh, the new age outlaw. He Kip. busts in Kip, uh, Kip Sop. He Monty Sop. He comes in and uh, interrupts the promo to say that um, he wants to offer his services to even the odds against Team Canada because Team Canada, they have three guys in the match plus Scott Demore. So Kip James wants to be that kind of fourth guy to kind of neutralize the uh, Scott Demore aspect of it. And there's been a whole, it's like most of 2005. It was basically when uh, Kip, yeah, a lot of beef. And Kip James, he debuted. So there's this whole thing with like, Ron Killings and Conan were like, where does your allegiance rot a lie, BG James, your old tag team partner or us? And there was this kind of rift. Ultimately, it didn't really amount to anything. They kind of just like, nah, I like you guys. So and then Kip was kind of just off on his own. But now he's back. He's like, you know what? I was a dick before. Let me let me make it up to you guys. But Conan's still skeptical about it. And he calls him a biatch. And uh, <laughs> yeah, so that's where we're at with this storyline. And uh, that being said, the match gets underway. And as the match is going on, Kip James comes out with a chair and uh, sits at the top of the ramp to just watch the match. And he has a shirt, in case you didn't know his name. His shirt. Kip James. I'm Kip bitch. James, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> That's on brand for 2005. Oh, yeah. 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 My favorite part was Mike Tanay trying to get Don West to say, hey, Don, what, what does this shirt say? And then <laughs> How Tanae, old are you, sir? <laughs> oh my God. Mike Tanay said it with his whole chest, though. Say, yeah, Kip James, bitch. Whenever Mike Tanay talks. Uh, <laughs> match is going on. There's a New Age Outlaw chant, so they're obviously invested in what's going on. Uh, but at some point, the ref is distracted because it is TNA, after all. The ref is distracted. BG James goes for the pump handle drop onto Eric Young, but EY slips out. And Bobby Roode hits uh, BG James with a Canadian flag wrapped hockey stick, hits him right in the face, and uh, EY makes the pin for the win. So Team Canada wins after uh, a Canadian flag wrapped hockey stick because they're Canadian. Yeah. <laughs> In case you didn't know. Um, then after the match, Team Canada beats down Three Life Crew after the after the bell. Uh, which brings out Kip James, or he brings him down from the ramp to make the save. He pulls BG out of the ring. So at, at first it's like, oh, he's just trying to save his old tag team partner. But then Kip, with the chair in hand, gets in the ring, and he teases like he's going to knock out Conan because Conan and, and Kip James had a, like a hostile confrontation backstage. But Kip ends up wiping out Team Canada with this chair and uh, seemingly aligns himself with the three live crew. So... Uh, kind of confirming that uh, Conan, I suppose. But uh, yeah, for what it was, I didn't hate it. What about you guys? No, I used to love Team Canada, man. Like, yeah, 
that just just dastardly ass heels, man. They just <laughs> found ways to to win, and and I, I hated it as like, but I loved it. Mm-hmm. Like it was good work. Like it made me hate him so much. Uh, three okay. <laughs> I used to love. I used to love their theme music. Like I, I listened to their theme yeah. music all day on my iPod in the eighth grade. I, I remember <laughs> downloaded it from the internet. I found it. This is like I, I discovered how to download music around this time. You LimeWired it. Was I using LimeWire? Oh back yeah. Then? Oh. I don't think I was at LimeWire yet. I was mm. going through other means, and then I, I caught on the LimeWire a few months after. But. Yeah, I, I was I had hella wrestling theme songs just on an iPod and like John Cena's CD was on there as well. And that all day in eighth grade, that's all I was listening to, man. <laughs> three LKs music, yeah. solid. Like, yeah. how's how's that go again? Three LKs. Yeah. Beware! I'm doing my R Truth uh, impression. <laughs> <laughs> Beware! Coming for you. It's the remix. Three live crew. Still getting rowdy. Oh, you didn't know? Something like that. That was a lot better than I thought it would be. I was trying to embarrass you, but you kind of just nailed it. <laughs> I, I am an actor. I am 100% committed to any uh, foolishness that I have to put myself through. Well, that's why I have you we call, on here. We call him the thespian. The thespian. He's on brand. AKA Love Trivia it. King. <laughs> Are you? Yeah, something like that. Something like that. Something like that. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Nah, three, three, three. Nah, three life crew. Three life crew was was always pretty dope. Uh, I like it, it. Always used to be confused too when I like when I was younger. I see Conan. I'm thinking like, oh, this is a big dude in here, but because them shirts would always be big as hell when he wearing them, and he take them off and he just jacked. And so, so I'm like, oh, <laughs> he's a gorilla. That's a, that that's an illusion. That's an illusion. You're mm-hmm. fooling me. Okay, all right, cool. Oh, but yeah. no, nah, that's, uh, that's the L.A. gangster though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, he from yeah, like no, Texas really or some shit though, but you know. Yeah, I I I, hate, I hated Team Canada, so I, I I wasn't I wasn't happy about that win, but you know. I, I hated him, but I loved him. Like <laughs> Scott Demore was just a piece of shit, man. Can I, <laughs> we just gonna say we just gonna say this before we move forward? Way too much Scott Demore on this show. Way too much. <laughs> there is no. I think he got a job sir. now. Like yeah. That dude's Punch a Punch card all the way out for, for this man on this show tonight. Like, ugh. <laughs> he's, he's, a, he's a legend. Didn't he? Uh, I just recently saw a clip of him wrestling in the mid-90s. I think he was like an enhancement guy in WWE or something. Or maybe really? WCW. One it's, uh, it's crazy, man. I mean, he used to be uh, quite the star in the squared circle. But uh, plays his part well. He's kind of, even though he looks like the, the Toy Story 2 Dude, yes. Um, no, <laughs> <laughs> can't believe I have to go work on a Saturday. Um, oh. But Scott Demore aside, he he played his part uh, well though. Toy Story Two was on my watch list for this evening. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but that man. So that brings us to Ultimate X. So this is Imagine for the, the uh, so far. I would say so. I fell asleep for, at the match after yep. this. So, yeah, it's it's a yeah like a sugar crash kind of deal after this. But um, for the number one contendership for the X division title, so we got Petey Williams with Scott Demore versus <laughs> Matt Bentley versus Chris Saban. Michael Shane, what do you guys think about Michael Shane? I Shawn Michaels' cousin. 
Oh, is he? I wasn't aware. They, only... never, they never brought it up. I can't believe no. it. I would have tried thought, to keep it a secret. I would have thought they would have mentioned it at some point. No. I wish he would have done some of Shawn Michaels' moves at least. Besides the super kick, though, it's only when he did. He did the elbow too. And ultimately, hey. that's really all of Shawn Michaels' moves, honestly, isn't it? In a way. In a nutshell, okay. when you really think about it, if, unless unless you want to add in a sharpshooter just to be, you know, to be that person. No, I don't. Why not? So. <laughs> <laughs> but he's Matt Bentley here. Uh, recently changed his name due to a, uh, I believe it was one of the Gemini guys in WWE. His name was Michael Shane, so oh. it was like a cease and desist kind of thing. Yeah, <laughs> which is hilarious. Just such an obscure oh, yeah. guy Stop on the other channel. Your names, wrestlers, because <laughs> he'd been using that name since his Ring of Honor days. So it was, it was just crazy. But w- without his new name, you would not have the Bentley Bounce, right? Do you guys like the Bentley yeah. Bounce? Uh, so if, if you're not aware, it's, it's when the, uh, it's when the when the the people in the front row would do this along with his music. It's cool. It's fun. We're having fun. Um, I can't, I can't, I can't knock it. It's 2005. You can't knock it. No, you can't. It fit. It definitely fit with the times. So, um, so I got PD Williams, Matt Bentley, Chris Saban, three of the, uh, at least at this point, the most prolific X, uh, ultimate X guys. Cause I think Saban had been in the most Matt Bentley had like won the most. And then you have PD Williams who had been in a lot of them too. I think he had won one before, so you have these three guys kind of showing off this new concept to a lot of people for people who are kind of just getting into TNA with their spike deal and um, lots of cool spots in this match. You have the uh, reverse atomic drop off the wires, which I did not see coming yet. Uh, I think it was Saban was hanging off of it. And then Matt Bentley like grabs him by the waist and does an atomic drop from all the way up there, which had to be brutal. Um, very little margin for error there. Yeah. You have uh, Matt Bentley hitting an elbow off the wires. I think he gets ripped off by Saban and lands on Petey, which is oh fun. God. Probably the most brutal spot of the of the match was uh, the power bomb. Yes, yes. I think it was uh, you know Saban. He power bombs Ooh. Matt Bentley off of the wires, and they're both like hanging, so they're bouncing up yeah. and down, and just like the. It felt like, you know, whenever Chris Benoit powerbombs Eddie Guerrero, like it just has that certain snap to it. But it was Ooh. like that from from that high up. So, yeah, had to be brutal to take. One but uh, you have Tracy motorboating Petey Williams. So there's a lot of stuff going on. <laughs> this, is, uh, this is what I'm saying here. But oh, man, man. <laughs> now we get to the finish <laughs> this. Well, what a mess. So we have Chris Saban. He knocks out the two guys with a moonsault on the outside, goes in the ring, cr- starts climbing the wires to try to grab the X, almost gets there. But Bentley just leaps up and spears him off of the wire from from the mats, which is a pretty impressive leap. But the impact, I guess, of the wires going back and forth just knocks the X down. So the X just falls down from the middle. Nobody grabbed it, obviously. So. <laughs> So they're just like, well, let's just hang it back up. So they get like a bunch of guys from backstage. They bring out a ladder. They get up there. They basically pause the match. I guess some guys are like fighting on the outside, but they, essentially they pause the match to hang, rehang 
the X in the middle. I don't know what they used, but they should have used something different. Um, it was gimmicked. Cause it was meant to fall. <laughs> was it? it? Is that your conspiracy theory? Yeah, it's got to be, man. It was it was it was it was meant to fall. There's no way. I mean, it's it's. I mean, it would be on brand for TNA for that to happen. Yeah. But I think it was a gimmick, and it was it just fell too early. It, it, yeah. It so it falls. Like you just met, you just mentioned Eddie too. If there was ever a moment that was tailor made for Eddie, it was just like you just slide that under your stomach while the ref is not watching. You just yeah. Hold <laughs> no, on to I got it. it. That, that's a moment. That's a moment tailor made for that man. He yep. would have. He would have went crazy. Yeah. But they rehang the X the first time, or at least they only rehang it once. But they rehang it. Um, then Saban and Bentley both go for it again, but Petey Williams rips them both down, and then the X comes loose. So it's still kind of hanging, but like not in the center. <laughs> so Petey Williams, I, I think, is just an improvisation. Petey Williams is on his knees, holds out his hands, and then the X just falls right in it. And um, at this point, just like, that's fuck cool. it. we're not rehanging it again. Yeah, like, <laughs> just, just ring the bell. He got it. Just we'll, we'll we'll figure it out. We'll do it maybe next week or something. I don't know because he has the same reaction <laughs> that I brought up earlier, where John Cena won the Money in the Bank, and he was like, "Oh, oh no!" <laughs> that's Petey Williams. Everyone kind of seemed pissed after this match. Like Saban just storms off. Bentley's like kind of just waving his hands in the air and P's not even like celebrating he's just hold, kind of holding the x like yeah i guess i'm i guess i won um, just, you don't you don't want to do that they had such like that match was they was tearing the house down and then it's like when you have something that you're doing like that with one with two or more performers and you go on and put on something like that and it just falls flat at the end that's everybody's gonna get pissed off it like that it's like you know it's you yeah. build up to a crescendo and then you just end on a flat ass trumpet. Like, you can't do that. <laughs> a flat ass trumpet, he says. Yeah. Um, but yeah, any other thoughts on, on this debauchery? Nah, this, these were my guys, man. Big Chris Saban fan. I saw Chris Saban for the first time about a month or two ago. Uh, mm -hmm. About a month ago. It was, it was dope. Um, He's he's still good at, after all these years. It's been like twenty years, and he's not even forty yet, which is crazy. Yeah. Still so, going strong, man. Greatest X Division wrestler of all time. Uh, Petey Williams is still doing his thing in TNA as well. Yeah, uh, I have no idea where Matt Bentley at, uh, is at. I think what, I believe he retired in like the late two thousands. Probably, but yeah. he's still Shawn Michaels' cousin, so maybe he can come back. <laughs> NXT coach job right there for you, bro. Yeah. That's like Visa. That's accepted everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So after that, they cut to a video package. Basically recapping um, the whole AMW kind of turn. So AMW, for a while, had been built up as this top babyface tag team. Yeah. They were one of the biggest acts in TNA in the year of 2005 and in 2004 and all before that. Um, but on a random ass live event in Canada, they turn heel by attacking Raven during a match and causing him to lose his NWA title to Jeff Jarrett. Oh man, Jeff Jarrett beat somebody for the title? What? Who would have thought? Who would have thought? When did that happen? You can't have That's Raven insane. as the champ when you get the spike. That'd be, that'd be just ludicrous. Uh, uh, 
Was it wasn't he banned from Spike? So they kind of so earlier, I guess it was in the in the pre-show. I don't know if you're talking about like for real or not. No, like WWE because um, he was on Sunday Night Heat only exclusively. Oh really? <laughs> that's hilarious. I hope that's true. No, he was on Heat exclusively, <laughs> and then okay. like he he beat Tommy Dreamer in in like this this hardcore match in the main event of an episode of Heat. And that way he he was allowed to go back to Raw. And I think he was on Raw like once and then he was gone. I definitely heard mm. something like that. What a shame. Yeah, what a shame. That makes sense. Um but yeah, so Raven, he loses his title in Canada. Uh and AM so AMW have aligned themselves with Jeff aligned themselves with Jeff Jarrett. And uh there's this have you guys seen the funeral segment during this point in time? Mm. It was on impact. It was a whole I thing. See it. So it was basically set up. So team 3d team 3d, the Dudley boys, they debut in TNA. Uh, the next week they have a match against AMW and an AMW. They, I don't even know. I think it was like a DQ finish or something, but they beat down the Dudley boys along with Jeff Jarrett and team Canada and all that. They leave them bloody in the ring. Then the next week they have a funeral because the the legacy of the Dudley boys has, are, is dead. Um, so they're like in this funeral parlor. There's two caskets at the front. They have like pictures of their bloody faces on top of them. Um, it's I, I, I can't do it justice with words, but it's hilarious. James Storm pisses in one of the caskets. Abyss is there. Uh, you should check it out. It's a good damn, time. But they damn. basically recap that damn, here a little damn. bit. Um, basically kind of alluding to this faction and I guess reminding the viewer that team 3d exists or I guess they don't cause they're dead. Um, <laughs> allegedly, but we'll get more, more on that later. <laughs> but after that, we have the NWA world tag team title match. So we have the champions, AMW, the team of Chris Harris and James storm Brain versus Walker. the natural, <laughs> not, not Brain Walker. Versus the Naturals, the team of Andy Douglas and Chase Stevens. Those are my guys, man. All these guys? All of them, but like the Naturals, though. I used to, I used to love the Naturals, man. Natural. Doom, 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 Chris doom, Candido. Doom, doom. Oh, yeah. Yeah, man. That was, a, that was a great act. Chris Candido died like a few months before this, if I remember correctly. Uh, like like right, right after they won the titles, like literally like a day after. Yeah, and it was literally, yeah, because they were with, because it was like a heel thing, because Chris Candido was their manager, yeah. the Naturals were heels, and then Chris Candido dies, and it's like, oh, we can't boo these guys, they just lost their manager, so that's kind of why they're baby faces here, Um, I don't think it lasts too much longer, it I think eventually, she, no, and you can kind of tell that in the match, the crowd isn't really, it's a weird position, because they're not super into the Naturals as a babyface team, but they're also like conflicted, I think watching amw be heels so it's kind of a weird mesh even though these two teams are like the best tag teams in tna history arguably especially in those early years i mean because yeah. they were putting on tag team matches that you didn't see in wwe like these are real teams with a real rivalry and having the great machine matches. guns to the mix man Ooh. a little beer money a little and they got the dudley boys there like yeah Great tag division. Tag division. Great tag teams back then. And then they want to give yeah. one of the belts to Pac-Man Jones. <laughs> oh, stop it. Stop He's it. bad. He's bad. He's a Pac-Man Jones. Oh, that was, that was listen, some good stuff. Listen, that, that tag team was lit. 
Listen, it it kind of was. It kind of was. But, like, my thing is, Pac-Man Jones it was never a big star in the NBA. I mean, NBA. The NFL. NFL. Like, he, wasn't nah, he wasn't a huge star, but he, he was like a pro bowler. That was really that man got to be famous from catching cases. Let's be honest. Yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Whatever we yeah, gotta every, do, man. Every 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 era of the NFL has that person. So it's yeah, he got over it. Yeah. He was able to still carve out a really good career. They might not get him in the hall. This is not a, a football podcast. We could talk about that later. Nah. Well, hey, you guys nah, were trying nah. to tell me that all football players are successful in wrestling. You don't, you don't think Pac-Man Jones? Not all. Oh, no, you but, said all. <laughs> all of them that are allowed said, to get I said physical. they're good team players. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> I think Pac-Man Jones is better than Baron Corbin, but that, that's, a different, that's a different topic. I agree. Um, <laughs> he, I mean, he won a championship first. So. Yeah, he didn't even get involved. He just threw money at... A guy and distracted him. And Didn't they tease Pac-Man versus Sting? Or am I misremembering it? That sounds like a thing they would do. It but that was the thing, right? Because Pac-Man, he like wasn't allowed to take bumps, right? No, nah, his contract would they like he was still yeah. signed to the to the what was it, the Bengals at the time? I think uh, Titans. One of the, Titans, yeah, one of them Titans. Yeah, he could, a he lot could. of motherfuckers on a team that just get arrested all the time. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it's a Tennessee thing. Yeah, he, he was still Basically. signed, so like he he couldn't get physical. And anything yeah. it will avoid his contract. So you're not gonna risk, you know, millions of dollars in the NFL to take a bump in the TNA ring. You just he's not. just standing there holding the tag rope. Unless you're D'Angelo Williams, you can find a, a way to finesse that. Yeah. I, that being said, he won more championships in TNA than Monty Brown did. So, oh, <laughs> look, I'm not happy about it either. I'm I'm, I'm just saying the the facts the this facts are there. This is tragic. <laughs> But this tag match here, this was uh, pretty much just a brawl. It was definitely a uh, lot of outside shenanigans. Um, and Gail Kim is with AMW here. And at yeah. one point, she throws a bag of powder at Chris Harris because this is the fucking 80s, apparently. And uh, <laughs> Chris Harris, he like opens it. He dumps it in his hand. He has the powder and he gets kicked into his face, blinds him. And then he, he he gives his finisher the catatonic to his own partner, James Storm, because he can't see. He's blind to see. Um, <laughs> that's a completely different build, but that's that's fine. Um, and then they give Chris Harris the death sentence, which is AMW's finisher. So they're kind of a little little what do they call it in SmackDown versus Raw steel finisher, I guess. Uh, yeah, yeah. Sounds right. But uh, yeah. it's a two count. The match continues on. Gail Kim once again gets involved. So this kind of allude to what I was alluding to earlier when she does get kind of physically involved here. Um, so Douglas tries to prevent her from getting involved. So she goes to the outside and like grabs her by the throat. I was like, Jesus, Andy. Um, <laughs> and Harris slides in and handcuffs Andy Douglas to the guardrail outside, um, which allows. So it's just Chase Stevens versus the team of AMW. So uh, AMW or James Storm hits Chase Stevens with a beer bottle and then they hit the death sentence on to Chase Stevens and AMW gets the win. And then on the way out, James Storm just hits Andy Douglas in the head with a chair, even though he's still handcuffed to the barricades. Like, fuck you. Um, So yeah, it's, it was a brawl. It was a lot of shenanigans, but uh, what'd you guys think about it? Oh, 
Imagine what you could do when you have tag teams and you give a shit about tag team wrestling. Who would have thought? That's the moral of the story here. Like, that's <laughs> really yeah. what it comes down. Because this was, I mean, like, the psychology and matches matter. And there was a whole lot of that in this match. And the story that they told through that whole, what was it, 15, almost 20 minutes, like, that, Something like that. that. That's all you need to really need to do, you know. So that that's the miracle of tag team wrestling, Vince. Yeah. yeah like like I said, these are my guys, man. They were yeah. my guys. Um, but I have a I have a correction though. It was not beer money that uh Pac-Man and, and Ron Killings lost to. It was AJ Styles and Tomco at Bound for Glory <laughs> in 07. What a throwback! Yeah, Tomko. That was Tom. that was that Bound for Glory. You said yeah, and uh, outside of Atlanta, they had the, the fake Welcome to Atlanta theme song that year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh Memories. man, I remember that, and I don't know why I remember that. Yeah, I, yeah, it's I got a lot of useless stuff up here, but uh, <laughs> tag team wrestling back then I think was was what set TNA apart in my eyes compared to WWE. They WWE had a lot of. A lot of misses in the tag division, like Deuce and Domino yep. and the Basham Brothers. Whoa, hold on, and, hold on. I will not have the names of Deuce and Domino be smirched on my podcast. They were great. Okay, <laughs> I, I'll, I'll respect your podcast, but uh, is, if anybody can else can agree with me, the Basham Brothers, though, yeah. Yeah, they were, they were pretty cheap. Get cheeks. them out of here, bro. Yeah, yeah. And they won well, the Shaniqua. titles multiple times. Awful gimmick, awful gimmick. Why they brought in a black woman and named her Shaniqua? That was racist. Yeah, yeah. Can't, it's can't very. Uh, I, I know whose fingerprints were on that one too. <laughs> <laughs> can't let you get away with that now. Yeah. It sounds, oh man. It, this sounds like a very Bruce Pritchard thing. Is to, to name a black woman's character Shaniqua. Uh, he probably loved that. Yeah. It sounds sounds like something. What no brother offense. love? But y'all crazy. Yeah. Great, great match. Great, great tag team wrestling. Uh I don't know. It's 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 really the best thing about Impact in its history is they they've always had great tag teams. Yeah. Yeah, always. for sure. I mean, right here, the naturals and AMW, and then you had Triple X in the years before with Daniels and Elix Skipper. Um, and then going into the future, we have the machine guns, beer money, uh, LAX, like, and, and there's a point where Daniel, Christopher Daniels and AJ are teaming like the tag team division. Yeah. It has been a constant thread throughout their history as like the thing that sets them apart and yep. wish other companies would appreciate it. Like you said, but, uh, yeah, yeah. man, I, I'm looking at this. I did not know motor city machine guns won the titles for the first time in 2010. Really? What? You know what? Now that you mention it, that kind of sounds right. Cause I, in my head, I can't picture the machine guns I'll holding the titles. Around this time. Yeah, it was, it was yeah, not, it was yeah. not. Wasn't for me. I tuned out at that point and came back once MVP debuted and he had that faction Kettle with Bobby style. Lashley. Yes, Ooh, yes. That brought me back for a bit, and then it was like Eric Young won the title and Nick Aldis was there. It was it then got kind of stupid. Um, yeah, man. Eric Young held the world title multiple times as recently as last year. Wow. I, t- <laughs> Not cool, man. I totally forgot about that. People do forget that. 
Justifiably Eric Young, so. all, people forget Eric Young held uh, the Knockouts tag title as well. Oh, I don't forget, forget that. That's the only thing I think about when I think of the Knockouts tag titles with ODB. What? Yeah. Yep. Weren't they like the only champions? Who signed off on that? Russo. Russo. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, they won't see it coming, bro. Swerve. He has bro. a penis, but he wins the women's title. Bro, it's you know like what? Harvey Whippleman, bro. You know what? Real quick, I I agree with the theory that you had last week, bro. Because TC has this 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 theory that uh, Impact and some of these companies out here have ways of washing money to keep their their shops in business. And with decisions like that, I'm starting to agree. There's got to be some kind of front that uh, mm. is keeping these shops afloat. This has got to be. The Carter's own what it was like Panda Bear Industries. Panda That's what they Energy, call it. Whatever it was yeah, called. Panda Energy. Yeah, whatever they had going on through there, they used this. They had a wrestling company that was a subsidiary of this main company that they had, and this wrestling company was they laundered money through it. I'm I'm saying I'm, I'm telling, just like just like the cons, whatever stuff they got going on, and and you know that might have to. They definitely got to launder money now that they got to, you know, pay all that money to Urban Meyer and he's not going to work for him no more. So mm. I'm saying, man, that's why they couldn't get Kevin Owens, right? Man, yeah, they're saying. not a publicly traded corporation, so nobody can challenge him on it but the feds. A wrestling company? No, we don't give a fuck. We they haven't seen, you know, we haven't seen releases from AEW like that. So how are they paying all these people, bro? Yeah. They tickets are cheap. I know they don't. They get all that the money cons. from selling T-shirts. No, they have, they have a football. They have a little soccer team, right? You got the Jaguars. It's all. Uh, that's all bringing soccer in revenue. Soccer team, the only one that make money. Jaguars ain't making money, really. Ah. <laughs> well, they're hemorrhaging money. Yeah, you know. They just built they're doing a performance okay center, bro. They don't do spend yeah, millions of dollars and put like swimming that. pools in a stadium. For a so team to go number up. one overall in the draft every year. Yeah, that's kind of fire though, bro. Like I can go to get this NFL experience and just watch the game while I'm in a pool and the tickets probably cost like twenty dollars. Shit, you can do that in Vegas. But like it's they're in Florida. They don't gotta leave. You can't yeah. do it in Vegas though. You can't watch yeah. the team play right there in front of you though. But why would you want to though? Exactly. Nah. Who wants to watch the Raiders? Ain't nothing. <laughs> hey, people. Hey, they be out here, bro. Yeah, I suppose. They they really go hard. Like, I can't go anywhere without seeing a Raiders logo now. And this is new. This 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 wasn't the case like a year ago. Everywhere I go, I see a Raiders logo or I see a, a Golden Knights logo. Not a fan oh, yeah. of either team. So imagine how I feel. Like, I just go in the store Every like I could go get a bag of chips. I can guarantee you a bag of chips I'm gonna get is gonna have a Raiders logo on it. That's how yeah, they well, do things out here, man. It's Las Vegas. That's I true. can't stand it. That's true. Get, get some better <laughs> Raiders, teams Ra- out here. Ra- Raiders fans are thorough. Like that, that hey, that's legit. Super Bowl weekend out here is gonna be a disaster. I'm telling you now. <laughs> you gonna hear some stories. More so than an already. <laughs> like you thought this this Henry Ruggs thing. I called that too. I was like, something terrible gonna happen. With this team being here and a player killed somebody in two years. So I'm telling you, the Super Bowl is gonna be crazy. 
That's what you get when you bring an Oakland team there. Bro, like the, they brought the Oakland curse. You know what's crazy? I've got, <laughs> I've got, I got, got one more thing. No, please. Mark Davis, the, the owner of the Raiders. This man, this man buys the WNBA team here, and they just oh, forgot God. how to play basketball all of a sudden. Mm. When it matters, they just can't play basketball when it matters. We got the MVP on the team, and we can't do nothing. Rant over. Let's continue. It's at Lisa Leslie. Nah, about, to, about to say, nah, you're giving it, yourself trouble right now. I am. I'll take your word for it. I'll take your word for it. But speaking about disasters, speaking about train wrecks, we got a Monsters Ball match next, yeah. which is between this and the X Division title match or the two, like, as far as match of the night for me goes. Um, Not the Iron Man match? Yeah, that's like the X Division title match. Yeah, yeah, that's what that was. Oh, that was Iron the Man. Ultimate X was yeah. not for the Daniels time. and uh, AJ. Right, right. That was for the X. Yeah, the X yeah. that fell. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but we got Sabu versus Rhino versus Jeff Hardy versus Abyss. Man, you just see those names and you're like, hey, just use all the weapons. That's a, it's like a train crash. Yeah, it's like you got a, a four-way intersection. Everybody's just coming on full speed, <laughs> no plans to stop. You got this, you got this, you know, big drugged-out little car, and you got this other car that just speeds and doesn't care about anybody. And then you got this big monster truck, which is Abyss, and then there, there's Rhino, which is you know, big PT Cruiser, just coming full speed. Yeah. <laughs> Rhino shaped like a PT Cruiser. A big PT Cruiser. That's the best description of Rhino that I've ever heard in my life. That's so That's true. Accurate. He's like a little, he's a dense yeah. lad. He's, uh... <laughs> I like that. But uh, as, if, oh, as if this is, this, the setup isn't crazy enough. So Monster's Ball, I don't know if you guys are aware, but for, uh, I guess at midnight the day before, they are each each person is locked in a box with uh, no light, no food and no water. And then they're just unleashed for this match. Um, I feel like it's a bit of an unnecessary layer to it, but maybe That's, some people liked it. I liked it. This, this is this is the stuff I liked about TNA because it was so it was actually different from WWE. Like I enjoyed yeah. watch. It was a true alternative on television. I could watch it on TV and it just did different stuff. That's why mm-hmm. I will always go up for this era of TNA wrestling before Eric Bischoff and Hulk Hogan got there and ruined it. It was great television. Uh, it took away two of the sides. And this was one of those things. Ultimate X, it was another. And, and the fact they're doing like all women's Ultimate X like next month or so, dope. But That's awesome. Ultimate X, Monsters Ball, like even King of the Mountain and that just overly convoluted mess. These matches were incredible, original, different from the 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 type of stuff WWE was doing. Their specialty matches, like I wanted yeah. to see WWE yeah. take some of this stuff. That's how it was so good. Like it was great. Whoever came up with Monsters Ball, like that's a great concept. Everybody's had to be committed to it and just fuck mm-hmm. each other up to really get it over. Yeah, unless they was really you know. I wouldn't put it past TNA to actually put people in a box for almost 24 hours. <laughs> you got to commit to I it. I wouldn't either. I mean, it's, it's not shocking. Very passionate about TNA. 
Hey, Elevation X. Uh, what was the other one? We had to like climb out of the top. Oh, man. Elevation uh, X was dope. Oh, man. It'll come to me. It'll come to me. But yeah, this match here it is just nonstop from the opening bell. I mean, you have Rhino coming out there with a trash can full of weapons. Yep. Um, and we're just off to the races there. You have like uh, Rhino has some of the stiffest looking kendo stick shots I've ever seen. He's just breaking it over people's heads. Um, there's a hilarious spot where because um, Hardy and, and Sabu are working together a little bit. Abyss is in the corner and Hardy gets down for the poetry in motion. Sabu runs like he's going to team up and leap off his back, but he just kicks Hardy in the gut. It's like, fuck <laughs> Jeff. Um, and you have Sabu. Sabu is looking great in this match, too, with all the you know, triple jump moonsaults and the springboard leg drops with the chair getting thrown through tables, all that stuff. He was looking really smooth. This match Classics. got Sabu a, a job. I yeah. Think. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, any any spots stick out to you guys in this match? Oh, listen, I absolutely look. Jeff following in his brother's footsteps, turning his spine into an accordion, jumping off from the <laughs> highest point with that swaton and landing flat on his tailbone in the oh. end of it. Yeah, yeah. Because that had to Wonderful be. I don't stuff. know. At least twenty feet. Right, because he's from yeah. the top of the uh, the stage setup on the on top of the stage, and then onto the floor. So you got like the whole setup on, of the stage, and then you have the stage itself, and then you have the floor. Yep. Swan yeah. taunts from the top of that through abyss through two tables, and it just he hit it. But uh, man, like you said, landed right on his tailbone. And I know and, there are no pads or nothing on that floor either. Right? Nah, nah, don't have that kind of budget. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Ain't no way. What about you, TC? Anything else stick out to you? No, nah, I got. I gotta go run this one back. This this is around the point I, I fell asleep. So you didn't. Uh, you didn't I watch will, it. Yeah, I, I will try to contribute you. to the rest of the show as, as possible. As I can, <laughs> but no, nah, yeah, I, I gotta go catch this one because I didn't even remember Jeff Hardy being in TNA still at this time. Like I thought he mm-hmm. uh, got fired from here. Uh, at that at this point, I guess he got suspended like just, at one point, but then he yeah, came back. Okay, I remember some sort of a disciplinary measures that uh, did not do anything to help his cause. Yeah, still to this yeah. day, but yeah, um, yeah. I, I just I didn't remember he was there, so that was a welcome surprise watching this pay per view. Uh, mm-hmm. I thought he should have beat Jeff Jarrett at yeah. like whatever pay per view that was the year before, because you know I was going it's Victory was Road. Victory that was the first Road, one. Right? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. Nah, um, I was going for Jeff, but so. uh, I, 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 and I forgot one too. Uh, Abyss throwing Sabu flapjack style onto that table too. He like <laughs> laid on his face. Yeah, yeah. And I like got, didn't break immediately because he like nope. landed and then it went poof. <laughs> <laughs> I love Abyss nah, too. Man. I didn't. Oh, yeah, it was like it was like fake, I just came, always but... saw him as a. I went with Mankind. He was jacked up Mankind, basically, with a, a little twist of Kane. Kane and Mankind, yeah. Mm-hmm. Kane kind. I see it. I see yeah. it. Yeah, Abyss is a monster during this period. I mean, at uh, he, he actually gets back in the ring before Jeff Hardy does after that swanton, which is a little silly. But he gets yeah. in the ring. He grabs a bag of tacks, 
And as he's like waving this bag of tacks in the air, he's like teasing it. He turns around, gets gored through a table that's set up in the corner. And then uh, Rhino ends up pile driving Jeff Hardy off the second yeah. rope, which is just, ooh, he, he bumped his ass off for that. That was gnarly looking. Oh, my God. And that gives Rhino the win. So Rhino wins Monster's Ball. And uh, yeah, incredible match. It was just nonstop from start to finish. Most definitely. Yeah, it's exactly what it needed to be. But uh, they got to bring this one back. They do. I think they yeah. did kind of recently, didn't they? Wasn't like, uh, was it a female version? I don't remember. I'm like so loosely into Impact now. I, I like hear little things here and there. But um, I think they, I I think they had Impact it. Since Thanksgiving. I'm, I'm <laughs> yeah, that's, that's fair. That's fair. But um, I'll catch up before the next pay-per-view. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but after this, where Larry Zabisco, they cut to him backstage and he announces a 10 man gauntlet later in the show to crown the number one contender for the NWA championship. So this is going to fill the slot that Nash left with his injury. Um, and it's at this point, Jeff Jarrett interrupts this interview and he's upset. He's like, God damn it, Pat Memphis, I, I don't want to have time to prepare. But before earlier in the show, he was like, yeah, throw anyone at me. I'll beat them all. But Great now is, yeah, I guess he's got me all heated. So maybe he's working me, pal. Man, reneged in an hour. <laughs> How do you do that? Classic double J. But after that, we have the Iron Man match, 30 minute Iron Man match for the X Division title. The champion AJ Styles versus Christopher Daniels. This uh, I think that's was quite the banger. Yeah, I, yeah. Think, I think this is my match of the night. Like it's 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 so close, but I think this one got it. What do you like about this match? Oh my god! Like all the, the the transitions between the two of them. Like I, this period of time is where I discovered AJ Styles, Chris Saban, Christopher Daniels, all of them. Like those guys have such great chemistry that it's like you could probably put blindfolds on these two guys and they'll still put on the banger. Like they just they work so mm-hmm. well together that all of this shit just looks easy. It really does. Yeah. So, like this 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 was this was just one of those, man. And it, the, the the X Division was known for this type of stuff and these guys were always at the top of that mountain. And you know what I like about it cuz they had like they had the scramble on the pre-show. They had the X Division match. They had a lot of spotty kind of matches early in the show. This show wasn't that. It wasn't a spot fest X Division match. It was definitely, especially like the first like 15 minutes or so, were pretty methodical and kind of a slower pace to it. But yeah. it, it built to that crescendo later in the match because the ending stretch of it was incredible. Um, and so it's an Iron Man match, but ultimately there's only one fall in this match, which is another aspect of it that I do like. Cause I always hate it when it's like five to four and 30 minutes. It's like, you're losing so many times in this short span of time. It's a little silly, but yeah. And like, it's pretty much like the last 10 minutes where it really kicks in. Cause you get like a, uh, like Daniel sits the blue thunder bomb for a two count. You have, uh, uh, six suicide dive from Christopher Daniels onto AJ to the outside. And AJ gets rolled in, Pele's Christopher Daniels knocks him to the outside so that AJ can now hit a flipping tope. The the pace really starts picking up at that point. And you have a uh, Daniels hits his back suplex from the apron to the floor, which looks brutal. 
It's like little things like that, which like if that happened in the Monsters Ball, you might not think anything of it. But the way that yeah. they kind of paced this match, it made that moment feel like a big deal, which is why yeah. these two guys are just so damn good. Um, they're back in the ring. They're going back and forth with strikes. They've been going at it for like 25 minutes at this point. So they're spent. They're trying desperately trying to get the win at this point. Cause at this point it's still zero zero. So they're doing all these roll ups and countering everything. The other guy's doing AJ does like a handspring elbow, like a Tajiri style, but uh, Daniels catches him with a German suplex, but AJ fights out and it's a discus clothesline. Like it's such like great energy from both guys. Um, it's at this point where there's three or three minutes left. They both kind of recover trade strikes. And now there's one minute left and like the last minute, just the crazy transitions and counters. I think, um, so Daniels goes for an angel angels wings, but AJ backdrops them into a pin with the underhook still in. But then <laughs> Daniels does this crazy bridge with the underhooks, puts them back into an angels wings position, uh, AJ counters into like a jackknife pin. Daniels reverses that into a, fl- a pin of his own. AJ kicks out and then deadlifts Christopher Daniels into a Styles clash. Gets the win with like two or three seconds left on the clock. It's beautiful timing, awesome finish, and a really good match overall. I thought. Yeah, no, it's, it's crazy because it it's like after we're done. You didn't watch it, so you didn't watch anything after. <laughs> Nah, I, I was I was like, all right, I gotta get at least to this. You match. missed the best matches. Yeah, that's okay. Oh. That's okay. Oh man, no, it's crazy. I do, it's I like, do remember seeing this a few times though. Like, I'm sorry to cut you off, sir. Uh, I, I watch Impact Wrestling on our show. I'm the only one. Uh, so usually, like during that's true. during like commercial breaks or whatever, they'll show old matches or they'll have like a because you know the the channel owns Impact Wrestling, so they're gonna mm-hmm. show some old content later on in the show. And so I'm, I'm pretty sure they showed this match several times, but yeah, I already know it was great. Yeah. It, no, it's, it's crazy because it's like, you know, just the other night we saw Hangman and Brian Danielson go for like 60 minutes. All right. You look at a match like this, it's 25, but it's like, it still has the same impact because of the work rate. It's like, mm-hmm. you don't have no, you know, weapons or nothing like that. You don't no have commercials. no shenanigans going on. It's just straight... Yeah. Pure wrestling going on for 25 straight minutes, and it's like it has the same effect ultimately. You know, it, it, it they only got one fall out of it at the end of the day, and you know, like I said, it, the the chemistry between these two guys is seamless. So it's like mm-hmm. you don't see botches, you don't see nothing going wrong. It, it all just goes the where exactly where they want to take it to. So that yeah, that's how you tell a great story. Yeah. It felt like a big deal watching this match, and they uh, they built up to the final stretch perfectly. So they made use. I'm not like the huge, the biggest fan of Iron Man matches, but I think the, with the stipulation, they did it about as as good as they could have. Yeah. Um, but that brings us to the ten man gauntlet match to crown the number one who's going to face Jeff Jarrett later or immediately after this match. So it's ten guys in it. All of them, except one, have had a match on this show. So it has like a weird energy to it. So so Samoa Joe and Ron Killing started out, which is like as soon as <laughs> Samoa Joe came out, the, the crowd was like, yeah, we want this guy to win. Um, But uh, 
So I should say this match is basically Royal Rumble rules. So where two guys start out and then every minute after somebody else comes out. And um, so Truth and Joe go at it in the beginning. Some really stiff strikes from Samoa Joe here, like the knee in the corner, the face watch this is just peak Samoa Joe. It's it's incredible. Oh, yeah. um, then out comes Sabu with a chair, cracks both these guys in the face with it. Um, then out comes Lance Hoyt. Then after that is Abyss. Um, him and Abyss and Samoa Joe have a stare down, which is pretty fun and a really, really fun like strike exchange between those two two big bastards. Um, and everyone, by the way, is like kind of selling their injuries from their previous matches. So you got Jeff Hardy out next, who's limping. He's probably legit limping out there because he probably broke his got tailbone it. into a thousand pieces. Yeah. Um, Monty, Monty Brown's after that. Um comes in and just pounces the shit out of Sabu. But then Hardy, Jeff Hardy, like jumps at Monty Brown and Monty kind of like tries to go to like scoop slam him over the top rope, but they both end up going over. So both of them are eliminated. And that was like you said, Monty Brown should have won this for sure. But um, I wonder if he was and, and we just fucked it up. <laughs> you know what? He could have figured something out. Yeah. Oh, he's so yeah. so so he he macho made himself. Is what you're saying? Yeah. <laughs> um. Then Rhino comes out after that. He's bl- still bleeding from his match. Uh, didn't even want to wipe the blood off his face. But uh, he comes in and clotheslines Lance Hoyt over the top, eliminating the the ticked off Texan. Then out comes Kip James, the one guy in this match, the one guy in this match who has not have a match yet. So he's fresh. Um. Cleans house. It's a famous sir on abyss. And then the last entrant is AJ Styles, who literally just had a 30 minute match. And so he's <laughs> basically crawling out there to the ring. Um, so everybody's in the match now. Ultimately, Rhino, uh, it, it's down to Rhino and Abyss. Rhino gores Abyss and then tosses him over the top rope. So Rhino wins the gauntlet. And um Outside of Monty Brown, who I think would have made the most sense, Rhino, from a storyline perspective, because honestly, Rhino and, and Monty are kind of in a similar position as they're both kind of like hired henchmen for Jeff Jarrett, who have Planet been kind Jarrett. of Planet Jarrett. Oh and they've kind of been God. disrespected by him. So Rhino made sense, but Monty had the momentum and is it, it was just the time. But Rhino is a good consolation prize, I suppose. It's a feel good story. I mean, yeah. for for the time, like, yeah, it was probably the only other one that made sense. Yeah, but um, so that sets up Rhino versus Jeff Jarrett in the main events. So right away, right into it, uh, Jeff Jarrett comes out. Rhino's in the ring, face down. He's bloody. He's beaten. Um, Jarrett comes out, introduces the special guest referee Tito Ortiz, uh, and Jarrett is kind of teasing rhino he's kind of playing around with him because rhino's been beat up at this point obviously between the monsters ball and the gauntlet match he's just bones ready to be picked um Mm -hmm. and uh jared hits a few top rope clotheslines goes for a third one but this time rhino catches him lifts him up and gives him a low blow and uh it's at this point where things start to get a little wcw so uh Gail Gail Kim comes out 
tries to do a cross body onto Rhino, but Tito Ortiz intercepts her, catches her, and kind of like leads her out, tries to get her out of the ring. And as he's doing this, um, Rhino goes for a gore, but gets leveled with a guitar. I posted a clip of this. It was one of the most brutal oh, guitar yeah. shots I've ever. This hits him right in the face. But as Rhino's going like horizontal for a gore, it just looked brutal. It sounded yeah, when, brutal, too. When, when Jeff swung that damn guitar, he swung that shit. Yeah. And, and it is what it is. We, it's not like a real guitar, obviously, but it's just it has to. You have to feel a little something when you get smashed with that. Oh, yeah. Um, oh. So. Gail Kim, she's, I guess, ejected at this point. Um, or I guess after the guitar shot, Jarrett makes the pin, uh, but Rhino kicks out. So out comes AMW, the more henchmen of Jeff Jarrett. They have another guitar, so they hand it to Jeff. Um, Tito will have Tito Ortiz will have none of this, so he knocks out both members of AMW. And Jarrett has the guitar. He's distracted by his buddies getting knocked out. He turns around and gore out of nowhere from Rhino for the win. So new NWA world heavyweight champion, the man beast, Heath Slater's brother or whatever it is, uh, Rhino. (laughs) So crazy. It's kind of random, honestly, but I guess with Nash, Getting uh you not being able to compete, you had to have something. So uh Rhino wins the title, but we are by no means done. Um after the match, AMW, Gail Kim, Jeff Jarrett, they all gang up on Rhino after the bell, which uh brings out three live crew to make the save. So they're trying to help out Rhino, but then out comes those damn Canadians to uh join Jarrett and planet Jarrett and all that. So they're all beating down three LK and Rhino. Oh, I I forgot to mention, by the way, before the match, Jeff Jarrett brought a casket to the ring. Don't know why he's not the undertaker. There were no druids, but there are some guys that brought out a casket. Um, So it's at this point where Bobby Roode and Jarrett, they bring the casket into the ring and uh, Jarrett, Hits Rhino again with the guitar, knocks him into the casket. They close the lid. And at this point, I'm like, is this how the show's going to end? Because Jarrett's like has a title. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's great that you didn't watch it because I'm sure it just sounds insane the way I'm describing describing it. But this I, is actually happening. I'm reading the like the description and then like you're. That's why like I seen it said. Uh, it says right here, brawl between all the wrestlers took place was with Eric Young of Team Canada ending up in a casket and Rhino standing on top of it holding the NWA championship belt. Yes. It says nothing else in there in this Wikipedia. <laughs> like I need some context. <laughs> Where did the casket come from? Thank you, Kyle, for, for clarifying that for me. <laughs> it came so, from like, backstage, from apparently. I guess they just have caskets, you know, if, if you need them. Um, but uh, so Rhino's in the casket at this point. Everyone's celebrating. Jarrett's on top of the casket. Then out comes Team 3D. I thought they weren't going to come, but they did. Apparently, they're not dead. Uh, They come out. They clean house. 3LK's back up. Uh, Rhino's back up out of the casket. They thwart Team Canada and AMW and all those guys. So Eric Young's the only guy left in the ring. He's surrounded by everybody. 
um, gets hit with a 3D, which I believe is like the, one of the first ones that they did in TNA. Um, they throw Eric Young in the casket, close the lid, and uh, they, you know, I think uh, BG James grabs the title, hands it to Rhino. Rhino gets on top of the casket and celebrates along with Team 3D and 3LK. This is a real <laughs> to say it's chaotic would be an understatement, but it's just dumb fun. Honestly, like this match, it was silly. It was very Vince Russo esque. Even I don't think he's there at this yeah. point, but um, it's very WCW. But that being said, we had our wrestling earlier in the show. We had our five star classics. Let's just have a little <laughs> fun here. And I thought, you know, it, I was entertained by this this main event here. Uh, you know the the, the word crazy, this man. this word gets gets overused entirely too much, but I think it was highly appropriate here. The word is clusterfuck because yeah. there was good fun in it, yeah, and uh, it, it's it's a, a feel good moment for Rhino because you know you you think of him throughout his career at that point, he, one of those guys that wasn't gonna get over the hump, and he did, but. Then, like you said, you know, all this extra stuff with the casket, and it's like you have all these different tag teams jumping in the mix, and then the Dudleys come out. Like, look, man, uh, you, you got too many cooks in the, the kitchen at this point. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. you just got to sign off at this point. Like, you you did all this extra stuff just to get to, you know, the end credits. Like, we didn't need all that. That's a lot of fat at the end of that stick. <laughs> yeah, you know, I love but a ribeye every now and then, though. It, the match did its job. Yeah, the match did its job. I think that's the important thing here. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, that brings Bound for Glory to a close. Any 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 last thoughts on this show? I'm going to finish it. First order of business. <laughs> you should. You, you missed the, the best parts of the show. Yeah. But, you know, you, you got to see Shark Boy. So that's all that matters. Got to see Shark Boy. <laughs> and Monty Brown, um, the GOAT. Yes, Monty Brown. I think I think he could have moved the, you know some stuff around for the main event, but uh, hey, not not like I said, it it was still a good card either which way you slice it, you know, just you know minus all the you know extra booking decisions, but I mean it's it's a good card anyway. Slice it, you know, it's uh, you know they they pulled out all the stops, so if you're you know. Yeah. If you want to make somebody a TNA fan, it's a whole lot worse they can do. Entirely yeah. worse. Peak <laughs> TNA. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, Spike TNA, it's it's a whole different level and they're off to the races in the next year with Christian, Kurt Angle and all those guys, but um Yeah. That, that's about that's all I got. Once again, thank you guys for joining me for uh for watching the show coming on talking about some old school tna uh where can everybody listen to you guys and find you guys uh i'll, I'll do the honors uh you can check us out anywhere you listen to podcasts any you know we on apple itunes spotify google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, ykwrestling.com i have all the links there uh we got merch too reeks wearing some of the merch that we Hell offer yeah. Show that, show that off, yeah. That Black Beautiful. Lives Matter, NWO style. Too sweet. Uh, go get that. Watermaneuver.net. Uh, you know, probably the best, the best wrestling t-shirt company out here, yo. Get you your shirts quick, fast, and hurry. Uh, Reek has worn this shirt several times, Reek. 
has worn this shirt several different times. You know when you wear your shirts, you know, we, you, when I first got on here, Kyle asked me, do I wash my legs? Of course I do. <laughs> I also wash my clothes whenever I'm done wearing them. And so Reek, I'm sure, does the same thing. And when Reek washes his clothes, he washes that Black Lives Matter shirt and he takes it out the washing machine. And, and I don't know if he throws it in the dryer or not. I don't really throw my, my shirts in the dryer. But even if you throw it in the dryer and you take it out the dryer, that type of shirt is still in a mint condition form compared to some of these other wrestling t-shirt companies. You wash it one time and it's overweight. You're out of $30. You didn't even get $30 worth of wears out of the shirt. Get these types of shirts from whatamaneuver.net. They put the quality into the stuff that they do, the products they produce, the services they provide. They do not cut corners like some of these other pro wrestling t-shirt companies out here. You, talk, you mean like pro wrestling tees? You mean, you mean like, like a Kenny Omega pro wrestling tee? <laughs> I'm going to tell you what, this, this shirt's kind of new. This is like the second time I've worn it, so I haven't like washed and dried it yet. So I've only worn it like for a, a few minutes. Oh, you're going to learn out the hard way. Dude, I have, it's actually a WWE shirt, but I have a CM Punk shirt that's like pretty old at this point. It's like the best in the world. It's, that's the black version. I've probably, I mean, I've probably watched it a hundred times at this point. And it's literally like a, like a card piece of cardboard on. Yeah. That's so. how like the, my white best in the shirt, said best in the shirt, best in the world shirt is like, it's kind of bad. But my Becky Lynch shirt is still decent. Like I'm, I get kind of scared every time to wear that shirt. Cause I'm like, this is going to be the last time I wear it. Cause it's going <laughs> to get fucked up. And it doesn't. So I'm hanging it up though. I'm hanging it up. That's good. That's good. <laughs> well, get, Yeah. If, if, if there's a summary of this episode is don't get your shirts from pro wrestling tees, go to what a maneuver and uh, wash your legs and follow <laughs> us at YK wrestling. Yeah. Everywhere wash your besides legs first. Instagram, not Instagram. Yeah. No, we're, we're, we're on Instagram, but uh, uh, long story short, uh, we got Instagram with some hoes. There's some hoes uh, and they suspended us. So we had to make a new page. It's YK wrestling underscore long story short. If you want to know, the full story, uh, maybe we will care to tell it again. It's very traumatic, so I don't, I don't really like talking about it. But yeah, YK Wrestling underscore got some, uh, got some good stuff. We, uh, we, you see my shirt right here. This is a Versus Pro Wrestling shirt. We are partnered with Versus Pro Studios here in Las Vegas, so you could catch us there shooting, you know, photography, getting some shots, getting some video. A lot of that stuff is on our Instagram page that we posted and. Uh, Go check out some of our content. I think you guys might like it. It's not a lot because, you know, they they, they suspended us uh, less than mm. a year ago. So we're still trying to get it back. In February. Yeah, in February. Black Damn. History Month. Yeah, think about that. Oh, no. So, yeah, there's some, some implications behind that. But Well, that sounds like a whole other episode in itself. It is. It is. It is. <laughs> Talk all day about it. Oh, I'm raising well, hell on the anniversary date. Just, just let you guys know. Are you? Then tell us. Give us a scoop. Are you oh, gonna? Uh, oh, do, do you have a plan? You gonna uh, storm yeah, pe- peasant of the week. capital? It's already penciled in. Oh no! <laughs> oh, that's you know, peasant, of peasant of the year. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I just saw the light bulb flicking both your heads at the same time. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. I was sitting, I'm sitting there thinking about who's gonna be president of the year. I'm like, you know what? Yeah. Talking about yeah. some damn Adam Pierce. Yeah, no, <laughs> I, 
I gonna have to wait a year for that. Oh man. Yeah, he guaranteed to get it again next year. It's all I right. I want to say like, he definitely gonna be nominated, but uh... <laughs> you don't like Adam Pierce? No. Uh, Check my archives, he is, man. He is not <laughs> proficient at his job. Yeah, he's 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 not good at uh. More like crap, daddy. Once again, thank you to TC and Reek from the Young Kings Wrestling Podcast for joining me on this episode. Tons and tons of fun with those guys. Go check out their podcast. Once again, that's the Young Kings Wrestling Podcast. Go to ykwrestling.com for all of their stuff. Whether you want to listen, watch, buy their merch, follow their Twitter, their Instagram, their OnlyFans, their Chatterbait. That's all there at ykwrestling.com. And... um apronbump.com for all of my episodes for all the ways to listen and watch go to apronbump.com follow all my social media in the description of this podcast as well twitter is probably where i'm most uh, active these days but follow me everywhere tiktok i need to make some more tiktoks follow me there if you want to watch me shake my tits on tiktok but other than that that's all i got um i don't know yeah so I'm, i'm recording this um this outro here uh, before I actually go back and listen to the episode. So I don't know if, if it comes off like this. Uh, but I almost shit my pants like several times during this episode. I don't know if that was maybe in the video version. You can see me sweat a little bit. But man, I uh, I, I had to uh, taper some stuff down. I, I had to I had to uh, prairie dog a little bit during this episode. Because I usually I usually take a pre episode uh, ceremony. Generally. Uh, but in this case, I did not uh, for whatever reason. Um, and it was a mistake because, you know, an hour and a half in, I was like, oh, about to take the Cosby kids to the pool, as they say. But um, I made it. <clears throat> I made it over 100 episodes so far without uh, pooping my pants. But, you know, will I make it another 100? Well, that's for you to find out. And that's why you keep tuning in to see if I uh, to see if I uh, shart all over the place on screen or not. So, um. Uh, yeah, don't know why I felt the need to, uh, inform you guys of this. I probably could have just left it alone, but sometimes I just say things here to see if people listen to the outro. <laughs> uh, but I'm not making it up though. I really did almost shit my pants, but that's all I got for you guys. <laughs> thank, thank you guys once again for listening. <laughs> uh, poop noises. I'm a child. I'm hard.